Hailstorms, the rain pounding against the roof. If you are unlucky enough to have a fiddler on the roof hitting your hot tin roof, then you're unlucky. But tonight, you shouldn't worry about that because it's Thursday. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And though we're a little bit late, we're ready for another quiz arena. And we hope that you are ready too to join us. That's right, me, your quiz master, Richard Lovegrove. And joining me tonight, we have puppeteer Chris Hardy. Please bid him welcome. Hello, Chris, how are you? Good evening, Richard. It's uh, it's lovely to be here. I'm not being hailed on currently, so everything's okay. This is good. This is good. You're indoors, so there's no worries about that, I'm sure. Indoors <laughs> under a hot tin roof, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're worrying about the, the cats in there. Or well, last week we had, what was that? I think, was it Nick Nolte in the roof? So no people out there who are watching, you can tell us what the joke was because this week's been chaotic and I can't remember a thing. So, yes. How are I, you, I, Chris? I can't, I can't think. I, I can't. I can't think of anything scarier than having Nick Nolte in the roof. Yes, or Nick Nolte in any vicinity, I'm sure, would be um, chaotic in the least. So, yes, uh, we've got a happy uh, Halloween month from Phil Robinson out there. Thank you so much, Phil Robinson. Happy Halloween month to you, too. Uh, and uh, we've got Rhiannon Elizabeth Irons saying, Good evening, lovelies. Thank you, Rhiannon Elizabeth Irons. Good to see you back as well. Uh, and good evening to you. Um, and, and an expressed uh, lovelies as well. You're included in that as well, Chris. You're a lovely too. <laughs> I was trying to work out what sort of head I look. I look like Hellraiser or something, I think, in this life. <laughs> it, it works in well, but you've got this sort of debonair sort of like collar. So it, it, it works in nice. And the artwork on everyone's, the wall. Yeah. Oh. That's right. Everyone's, everyone's freaking out here. Oh, no. You've been encroached on. Steve Moresca says, howdy all, including that fraggle. Does, does this have a name? <laughs> uh, this is Red. This guy was Red. Do you remember him? He's, he was sort of, yeah, one of the stars. Oh, beautiful. Oh, it's so good. He's, he, he needs to um, pay. We need to pay a fee to hear him speak so we, we, we won't um, breach Sorry, those. He looks a bit like Nick Nolte, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when he's um, sitting in the roof. It just it's like Red. And he doesn't blink. That's right. Exactly the same. He doesn't blink. <laughs> we got Steam Oreska saying, howdy all, howdy all. Yes, getting in there too. I, I love the artwork as well. It's, uh, I don't know, I, I want to hazard to say it's a little bit American Psycho, sort of like, you know, that Debony sort of New York apartment look you've got going on there. That's right. It was, it was done in blood. 
it's, uh, it's authentic, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> From... Here am I. I don't mean to be judging the, the house or anything like this. I mean, look look at it. I've got the body still, like, you know, laying out. I mean, you know, it's starting to smell. <laughs> Confetti. Look at that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's right. There's never a dull moment because we always have confetti. Speaking of which, I'm going to jot in our scoreboard. So let us uh, know in our interim, because I'll probably go off on little tangents, what you guys out there have been seeing in this uh, week that has passed. doesn't necessarily need to be horror-based, but something maybe that you have liked or disliked or even getting excited for because there's been some buzz about some new things being released out there and some new leaked footage and a lot of reviews on embargoes that have been lifted on popular franchises. I think I'm just speaking about all, all of those in, in one particular franchise. But yeah, answer in the comments if you know the one I'm talking about. Oh, Rhiannon Elizabeth Irons, she's saying, it's October, it's the month of the year when you can drag a body down the driveway without being questioned. So true, <laughs> so true. Let's uh, yes. Or you can hire one of those skip-ins and, and everyone in the neighborhood will just drop, drop their bodies in there. It's, yeah, you can just say, I'm purging, I'm purging. That's it, that's it. It's the one night. <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Um, what was the night of the year th that the purge happened is there a date is it a set date in that universe can you guys answer in the comments for that we've got steam Oreska keen for the next halloween I'm, i don't know if you mean the one that's coming up or the the one that's going to be next year where we're hopefully going to be able to interact with each other because at the moment it's looking like it might be a virtual experience imagine if it was the 14th of october the 14th of october oh tonight Maybe it explains the weather. That's it. Tonight is the night. Yes, tonight is the night. We've got VHS 94. Now, I haven't seen that, but uh, Saul, <laughs> I think, has. Uh, and is that, that's, that's, um, is that a, a, a compilation of short films out there, or is that a, a full-length motion picture feature? Uh, because I'd be interested to see that, because there was one sequence from the original VHS, the one with the girl that gets picked up in the bar and the guy has the glasses with the camera in the middle of the, uh, the glasses there, was really good use of cinematic techniques pushing the found footage style into that next uh, generation. Rather than it just being a handheld camera, it was really explainable because you saw the point of view and it was explained and justified. Mm. And a great mm. twist in that film too. Um, the Purge took place on March, March the 26, 21st. 21st, sorry, I think. Awesome, cool, thank you, Rihanna and the Lions. Um, so not the Ides of March, so for anybody who's a Shakespeare fan out there. Um, Chris, Imagine Purge the Musical. Purge the Musical. Does that <laughs> only take place on one night of the year? Because, I mean, that, that's going to be hard for ticket sales. <laughs> that would be great. As we can get Tim Minchin to do that. Actually, that would be really interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> Give him any sort of horror franchise, because he had uh, that um, Matilda, obviously, which went around there. Yeah, around, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was very popular. And very, uh, like, it was a hard song to do the timing for that matilda character was really full-on even for professional singers she would she would die like that <laughs> die like that yes <laughs> well, that's it but that's it even when they had the first um, to go yeah yeah they had what was it um into the woods which was done and they had uh meryl street mm. playing the role in that and that's a very difficult yeah. musical as well so it, it's great to see this i haven't seen the remake of um west side story um, which was done by, I think it was Steven Spielberg. But I'm really kind of keen yeah. just to see what happens to that because it looks like he's trying to emulate that same style as, uh, was it Jim Robbins? Oh, I, I feel like I've just blasphemed. So I, I'm sorry if I got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, for all my people out there. 
Oh, it is a compilation, VHS 94. Cool, awesome. Um, because the good thing about that is, yeah, you get to see a lot of different styles mishmashed in there. And so it's, I think, easier to sort of hit that sort of broad thing. Um, and uh, it's something where if you don't go to film festivals a lot, rare is the time that you actually get to see a short story. And sometimes some stories are just better told in that. Oh, there was a commercial for NRMA, which I saw. And it was, I think, 39 seconds long or 29 seconds long. And it did the whole story arc, and it was beautiful. And I was just like, why every ad should be like that. There used to be an ad with a seatbelt um, ad, where it was like, wear your seatbelt. And it was a guy sitting in a living room with his daughter, and she was eating popcorn, they were just watching, and they were miming driving in a car. And he just looks at her, yeah. it's all slow motion, he looks forward, and they simulate a crash. And it's just, it's beautiful, because I think someone comes and puts the seatbelt on. But it's, it's, it does the whole story arc. And if you're unfamiliar with that, there's a great video, a lot of great videos on YouTube, about Dan Harmon's story arc, which I think, uh, is a good segue if you like Rick and Morty. You can see easily how he uses that story arc in most of his stories, especially Rick and Morty based, but community based as well. Uh, and yeah, Robert Wise, thank you very much. <laughs> You're right, I did. I blasphemed hard. Robert Wise was the guy who did um, West Side Story, the original. Beautiful. Um, are you excited for Halloween, Chris? Um... <laughs> You're not a fan? You're not. Oh, well, I've got a six-year-old daughter now, so oh. um, she asked me today if I'd ever carved a pumpkin. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like most parents, I'd say, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be, you know, YouTubing some, uh, some videos to see how that's done and trying not to cut off any appendages in the... Uh, uh, in the meantime, the so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one to come out with all, all five digits by the end of it. Um, what was it? There was a, a video just that calls to mind was Red Letter Media, who they do their um, best of the worst. I think it was on a, one of those. Um, or it was maybe a black spine. And it was a video about how to carve pumpkins in it. And in the video, the guy explains how a lot simpler it is because who would pay for a video to about carving pumpkins? But luckily, yeah, we're now in the age where we've got YouTube. So at the Beck and McCall, you've got hundreds of both anywhere from experts to like you know off the cuff DIYs, and that's what I really do love about the um, the variety of DIY performance. I mean, some of the the battery hacks that I've been doing with eighteen six fifty batteries uh, most of the time come from quick videos where it's just like I tried this and it worked. Um, they don't show you in a week when it maybe makes the battery blow up, but you know. At your own risk is always a safe sort of uh, sign to take with that. Well, yeah. before she could she could ask me any further questions, I segued to um, actually. There's a movie called Pumpkinhead. Oh yes, <laughs> and so she, <laughs> yeah, she That's was it. asking, "What's that about?" Went, uh, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Oh, great. We've got Rhiannon Elizabeth Irons as well, saying that she's expecting over 400 trick or treaters this year, uh, assuming that the weather permits. Yes, and hopefully no hail. Uh, or depending on what you you want, hopefully hail. Um, had a storm last year and still <laughs> over 200 people. 200 people still braved the weather to come out there. I guess if they're fans wow. of that sort of thing, I mean, weather's not going to deter them. I mean, it's just going to encourage them, if anything. You know the thing that gets me, Rich, and I don't know if you get it um, where you live, but um, or whether it's a generational thing, but you like you, you say trick, mm. and they just look at you dead-eyed, <laughs> give me... Give me chocolate. Yeah, just give me chocolate. Don't dude. just give me chocolate. They don't know 
what to do. And, yeah. I, and I want to bring that back somehow. <laughs> well, I was about to say, I never had the nerve when I was a kid, like trick or treating, I never had the nerve of living up to the trick if it was ever said or, or, or threatening or like that. Cause I, I remember stories of, um, my grandmother saying that like, you know, they destroyed plants out the front of a house and stuff like this. And I was like, Jesus. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, egg but the house or something all, like that. Yeah. Innocent and fluffy. And like, I was, I, I always want trick or treaters to come to my place, but I've got an old, like Federation house. It's one of the old Federation style houses in the street um, dating back to the early 1900s. And it's got this massive bush at the front. It looks really dark and foreboding and stuff like that. Uh, and so no one ever comes up to the door. Also, it's got like a gate and you've got to walk <laughs> up into it and it's like a you know, threatening porch. Um, so yeah, it's, it's annoying because I do want them to come to the door and, you know, just to open up, you rang, you know, yeah. creep them out. It'd be a bit of fun. But uh, not 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 so far, and I don't think this year. So, um, oh, cool. Phil Robertson said we had heaps of trick or treaters in in Hobart. Yeah, just finished a TARDIS in the yard. Cool. So Ooh, weeping angels in the cemetery nice. this year. Cool weeping angels. If you'd uh, so inclined, we would love to see photos, and I'll, I'll put them up if you're happy about that. Because I'm sure everyone, I personally would love to see the weeping angels statues. Um, like you know, having only seen, I think one and a half seasons of Doctor Who. I know, again, I'm blaspheming everywhere tonight. But um, uh, that's that, that's something that I, I love. Uh, are you familiar with the Weeping Angels story from Doctor Who, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I know that one. But I just wonder if, you know, kids go up and see that, like how traumatised, you know, like there is big potential, you know, for yeah. considering mental health issues. Just looking at it slowly, doing 360. Just, thing. Yeah. Give me the candy. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Is that Jesus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> Why are they looking so scary? Oh, I was even going to say, um, if you've been to the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, uh, another plug, um, uh, but they have the uh, the busts of the uh, the heads that are in the hallway as you're walking past, and instead of being yep. like convex, they're concave, so that they're like insular, yep. so they give the appearance yep. of like a parallax when you're walking past, so it yeah. looks like you're staring at them. I was wondering if that yeah. might be something you could play with. You'd probably have to make it like, you know, a magic trick. It would only have to sit in a certain area um, of the world. Vinny would probably know some tricks of the trade about that. Uh, Vincent Parfit we had on last week, of course, he was uh, the uh, star of a film called Magic, which is being released uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, we had the trailer in the last week's uh, live stream. I saw that. So, I yeah, saw that, that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a bit of fun, doesn't it? Yeah, it looked great. Um, maybe I'll just use this one. Yes, let's use this one. Sorry, guys, I'm just getting up a quick thing so that we can share our sponsor, who, of course, this week is Escape Tabletop Games, uh, who are going to be giving away one of their base games of Psycho Killer, which is valued at $35, ladies and gentlemen. $35 Australian dollars, I should say, for our international uh, listeners. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, so you'll be able to use that to claim that game, and that's a, a card game. I think it's uh, akin. I, I don't want to say in, uh, cards against the humanity, but it's something that you can easily use at any ga uh, party that you have, where you hand out the uh, card to the person, and they have to do something within a certain amount of time. Uh, so that's a bit of fun. Sure. Imagine giving them out to trick or treaters. Just <laughs> don't say anything. Yeah. Just give them one card, Ugh. and then just close the door. You have seventy-two hours. It's like the game. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So I'll jump that up there. Awesome. And I might make that a bit bigger. So we've got... That's the Psycho Killer card game up the top there. Whoop, 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 whoop. Bouncing in there. 
like that. Beautiful. So, yeah, that's a bit of fun. And we've got a bunch of games as well that we're going to be playing tonight. So, uh, that's that's going to be a bit of good stuff. And, of course, our prize wheel. So, our games we've got up there tonight. We've got Pop Quiz Hot Shot. We've got Spin Again, my personal favourite. We've got Venkman Burn in Hell. We've got Brittany the Toxic Avenger. We've got Monster Mashups. And we've got a new one, Qu uh, Chicken or egg. And of course, player's choice. So if you land on that one, it is, of course, your choice which game you would like to play. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar with any of those, but just from the listing of those, uh, any of them sticking out in your mind that you'd be keen to see? Oh, chicken or the egg sounds uh, very thought-provoking. Yes, doesn't it so? Yeah. It's that age-old... Uh, the eternal question, that's eternal right. Eternal question, which has now been answered by biology. For any of you players out there who want to be a smarty pants and answer, answer the biological questions, which came first, the chicken or the egg, from a biological perspective, you can answer in the chat below. Um, mm. Yes, fun times. Some of the IVF doctors might have something to say about that. Yeah, well, yeah, no, exactly. They're, that's where that would be the perspective <laughs> that we're taking. So that's a clue out uh, there. Excuse yeah. me, excuse me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, because technically, yeah, the, that, that's the precise reason. It's pointing you exactly into the area that we'll be going. That I, I was thinking biological would be um, obvious, but um, there we go. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily a question that you want to ask the kids because you might have to explain a whole bunch of stuff that you know might not yeah. necessarily be at their age bracket at that time. <laughs> uh, beautiful. So, which side are you going to be on? You're on that side. So let's put you in there. I don't know if this is your handle, but if not, we'll be directing them to somebody else's handle. <laughs> Yeah, no. And they'll be getting the love. Or depending on what we say, the hate. Whoa. Mm. Um, and... Of horror. Hashtag. Beautiful. Okay. And let's bring that scoreboard up. Bam. So as you can see down below, we have a scoreboard. And if it's just you and me tonight, it's going to be points ahoy. So the way that we usually play these games are usually a point on for correct answers, a point off for correct answers, and then the hard rounds. Uh, we've got a collection of multiple different games, but I'll usually explain to you how those games work up there. Um, good, awesome. Phil Robinson has answered in there as well, so he's got that correct. I'll also, um, actually, Chris, share the link so that you can see what the chat people are saying as well, just in case it doesn't come up on the screen for you. Just so that that way... If you have a secondary monitor, I'm not too sure if that helps. Sometimes people are playing this uh, on their phone. So, yeah, that'll just give you the chance to see what they're saying as well out there. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, and, yes, Phil Robinson thanking Escape Tabletop Games. So, thank you so much. Uh, I'll bring up their website, actually, and we'll show you their bag. So, you can check them out as well. We've got a link in the description that explains all about them. Um... Let's go down and move across again. Let's go down. Do, 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 do. Multitasking is not my friend. Right. There we go. Awesome. Let's make this a bit reset. Awesome. Beautiful. And let's do this. And let's do this. So it looks funky, y'all. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Let's even do this so it looks even more professional. Yes. And then let's right click. And it's fitted to screen. So, ladies and gentlemen, our sponsor this week for our prize in round four is the 
lovely people at Escape Tabletop Games sponsoring us one game of the Psycho Killer game. A card game for psychos, which of course you can purchase from the website. It's got the rules up there as well. It has all the things you need to survive. Uh, and it's got that retro kind of feel too. So it's something that, yeah, once we go back to it, you can get amongst that. And it is Australian company too. So we love to be out there supporting the groups and the people around us. So thank you so much, Escape Tabletop Games. I'll uh, we'll show you up there a bit later on too. So yeah, uh, let us know as well if you've had any of those games there, if there's a game that they have, because it's not just Psycho Killer that they offer there on their website. You can browse through and see the other stuff that they've got on offer and shop now if you're so inclined. Beautiful stuff. Our, our other games are Venkman Burning Hell, which is a, a personal favorite, and we usually try and play that each week if we can. Um, do you know what that reference is from, Chris, at all? Venkman, Burn in Hell? Uh, Ghostbusters. Yes, awesome. Ghostbusters, mm. that's right, the first film. It's written on the wall, on, on the door, sorry. Um, and I, I don't know in what. It obviously looks like it's supposed to be blood, but I don't think it would be. Maybe jam? Now I'm thinking, yeah. like, space, uh, uh, space balls references. The, uh, <laughs> Michael Winslow, that's great. The voiceovers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so do you have a, a horror film that's uh, a, a particular favourite of yours? Oh, you know, the ones that probably freak you out the most were the ones that you remember from when you were really little. Yeah. And the the one that sticks in my head was Poltergeist, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, the little girl on the TV uh, and, and, and the stake, the stake on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Really got me when it started crawling and the maggots were coming out of it. Yeah, totally. I, I love that too because um, a lot of the times I'll mention films like sequences in the labyrinth or like, uh, uh, what is it, um, Return to Oz and things like that. Uh, because for me, when I was a child watching them, they stuck in my head like a lot of horror movie elements do. I remember there was a sequence in House, um, that film which stuck in me. There was a pool bit and there was the, the bit where the, the woman in the dress comes down with a shotgun and stuff. But as you say, like, you know, yeah, the, the a moment particularly like the stake being something that isn't the quintessential yeah. thing people think of because everyone goes, oh, the, yeah. the little girl or the getting sucked into the vortex and stuff like that or the, the, the pool full of skeletons and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but that's it. The, those visceral things which which connect to you on that sort of personal level and, and stick in your mind. Just the same way as a lot of psychological thrillers do. So a lot of the times I'll mention Schenectady, New York is a film with Philip Seymour Hoffman, which is just brilliant. And that did the same thing that most horror films in that way, a good horror film I like to think of, does. And it just sticks in your head and you you can't get it out of your head. It's um it's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Makes you think is what I guess I'm trying to get at. Yeah, any, anything that you can think of that, that could... Like, you know, that's in a kitchen. That's in someone's house. That could... Yeah. That, I'm, I'm in houses. I'm in kitchens, you know? Yeah, that's it. It's the that same way, uh, after I saw Blair Witch, and uh, I went camping two days later for some reason. Oh, no. Yeah, and that just wasn't a good... Wasn't a good thing to do. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that would be a good idea. You Did you prepare to do it before you went to see the film, or...? I have a feeling I don't. I didn't know what the movie was about. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Just tagging uh, along. Yeah. So then I, yeah, I didn't want to say no. I don't really want to go camping now. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was on edge. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because I remember, like, I 
was amongst the hype um, uh, with all the mar- marketing before that. So I was sort of sucked in going, is it real? Is it not real? And right on the fence yeah. going, I don't know because you were, it seemed as if they were getting like, you know, a lot of reports that were legitimate and stuff like that. So I went to the premiere and after it, we like, you know, um, drove around and like, you know, we were, we lived not in the bush, but around the bush. We had a lot of like, you know, areas that you would just sort of sit around a campfire in the middle of like trees and stuff like that in the Australian bush yeah, uh, by creeks and stuff. And so it was something that was closer to home. So that was, it was almost mm. that sort of breach of going, it is in an area that is like the house is familiar to you. So that's why you're saying when uh, someone breaks into the house, it's scary in that same way. Yeah. If, if you're in a controlled space that, you know, you can camp safely and it's, it's even more terrifying. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's good to know that like the, you had none of that, like um, marketing before it, yet you still had that effect, even though you were put right into going camping, I guess. But um, it, it's good to see that, like, That's you know, right. the film, regardless of its, um, what would it be, the, the marketing campaign, worked. That that style, the choice, and, and things like that. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Rhiannon Elizabeth Irons as well. She says she's turning her garage into a mad scientist laboratory. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, have you seen the videos on uh, the Singapore? Uh, oh, there's the Singapore one, but there's the Universal Studios. So Orlando does it as well, where they have the horror or Halloween nights. Uh, and one of them I saw, they had like a maze that you walk through and a lot of animatronics. And one of them was uh, an actress lying down, but they did that uh, age old saw a woman in half magic trick technique where it was just a fake body and the torso so it was the arms and the, the head were exposed right but everything yep. else was fake and there was like sausages and like you know fake organs and it was all cut open yeah. and there was somebody else doing it all but because she was real and she was like eye contact and please help me and and doing yeah, that yeah. Like, thing it's a lot more impactful so yeah i i i'd be hazard to say like you know check that one out because that's a lot of fun um also and we got phil robertson saying can't wait for ghostbusters afterlife same here. I'm right on board. Mm. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm right on board. And, and I hope you've been watching um, the reviews um, for the embargo that was just lifted for the people who were at the New York Comic Con where they screened the film. Uh, they had a Q&A before it with the cast and the crew, uh, which was Ivan Reitman and his son Jason Reitman, the director and the director of the original Ghostbusters, which was beautiful and really heartfelt. Um, uh, but they screened the film. We didn't get to see the film, but since then there's been a lot of... Uh, posts and reviews about it and from what i can see i think everyone has been keeping the agreement because in it he says he says please don't spoil this and i love that it sort of made me tear up the fact that you're trusting the public with this but if it pays (laughs) off what it says about like you know a community or albeit a particular community or a closed community it still is is something that i think is beautiful to see um got phil robertson saying an american wealth in london uh where the Bed was in the woods and went all teeth and green eyes and that noise. Yes, yes, yes. I think that sequence, yeah, that was full on. It was terrifying. Mm, uh, mm. I had a terrifying scream moment today. Oh, thanks to your editor. Well-timed door. Oh, yeah. Um, had a well-timed doorbell ring when you were doing something with editing. That's that's never a good sign. It's whenever there's, like, again, I'm in an old house, so I'll hear something go clunk or crack or creak. And it'll always be at a time when the suspense moment is there. Like, you know, having to watch through a lot of different films or, or gotcha moments in films. You're always watching those anticipation moments where you're hoping it's going to be a cat flying out there. Um, what was that? Was it Scary Movie 3 or 4? That um, they did that payoff with the cat where it was like the cat appears three or four times. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. 
Maybe it's not a scary movie at all. I don't know. Maybe you can help me out there. If you watched it on VHS, yeah, then possibly <laughs> yeah, just, it's yeah. on a bit of a <laughs> tape was caught. That's it. Yeah, no, I've got so many VHSs where you'll, you'll watch it halfway through and then the tracking will just go crazy and you go, oh, a magnet got that bit. <laughs> so yeah, don't put them too close to computers. <laughs> Groovy. Um, also, what was it? Um, <laughs> the, the Fireman controversy with, with the new Halloween film, which has been out there, um, and uh, uh, saying that uh, Jason shouldn't be killing... Um, the first responders no, yeah 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 not not jason sorry again i'm oh, my mind is not helping me tonight it's not jason in the halloween series uh whoever it is shouldn't be killing uh, uh, firefighters but um mike myers is, that is it yeah that'd be mike myers yes exactly because i was thinking william shatner mask everything like that it was like ah so many layers to unpack but yeah yeah um, michael uh, tone in on, on, on what you think like i i kind of like it's the fantasy sort of realm we we don't condone any of the acts that are taking place it's like one of the hang-ups that i always have with um the remake of um, uh, The Hills Have Eyes. Like, you know, things that are sort of mm. like going, whoa, okay, whoa, um, and stuff. But it's that idea of going, the, the part of the fun that we play this is because we can compartmentalize things. And the brilliant thing about this is being in lockdown where we are sort of in our homes, it's that breath of fresh air that we get to joke about the frivolous effects of what worked and what didn't work on certain films. <laughs> uh, yeah. Michael, of course, thank you. Yes, you, you're correcting me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah. Not doing a very good job tonight, so I, I do apologize. I've got to take the lab coat off. It's, I am not worthy. Uh, great stuff. So, yes, the boxing cat was in two. Um, that was Mike Myers. That was Mike Myers. <laughs> We're not worthy. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, my, my, Wayne's world is just in the back of my head doing crazy things. <laughs> oh. Cool. Okay. Good. So, are we our other games that we do have are uh, Venkman, Burn in Hell. I've mentioned that one. We've got Britney the Toxic Avenger, which I'm going to get up as well. So that's uh, a music-based game where you'll probably have to have uh, your writing utensils down if you have something there because there's a chance at like 50 points in that game. Uh, and it's a mashup of Britney Spears' song Toxic to a whole bunch of different songs. So it's going to be like mm. point score, however many you can, you can answer and you can say that are in there. You get a point for each. Uh, good, so I'm going to bring that up to make sure I do do that. Ha <laughs> do do. Um, great stuff. Beautiful. Um, there was something. It, last week as well, we had what was it? Um, uh, Rachel, uh, Rachel Wiggins from um, Wolf Creek Three, which is going to be coming out uh, next year. Uh, they're filming it next year, sorry. Uh, and so we're going to be keeping you up to date with that. Um, so yeah, let us know if you're keen for that one, uh, if you're so inclined. Um, we've also had as well the announcement that to John Jarrett will be returning, so that's going to be a lot of fun. You get your Mick Taylor fix with that one. And last week we found out how tall Mick Taylor was. So if any of you remember out there, you can answer. If not, you can just go, eh, he's just filling time, like I am. Um, so uh, I, another thing uh, about that, I did a, a quiz recently um, where I had to look up a whole bunch of different Australian theme parks and uh, one of the theme parks which well uh, opened up and was that I, op I I worked at was the Australian Reptile Park on the Central Coast so if you are so inclined get down to see that because they've got some great displays out there and you can even see uh, funnel webs in the open and they can give you some great talks about spiders, snakes, um, uh, m mammals, uh, all the different 
types of animals there. And you can also pat a kangaroo, which is always fun there. But you know me, I'm always up on my Australian nostalgia. Um, uh, and, and one of the things, too, that I did want to bring up with that, because I know that you're a puppeteer, uh, Chris, uh, and, and one of the things are, I know that uh, up in Queensland, I want to find out if you guys had uh, something at school that came around to each school, like the, the school library, um, was Healthy Harold. Uh, that was uh, something that was something that I loved in the youth, and, and I hope it still goes on today because it not only was a great break from school life, but it also taught me a lot of things, and it connected with me and made me remember them in a lot of uh, ways that school just wasn't able to do. So um, that was something that was brilliant on that sort of level, for me at least. Yeah, like speaking of uh, speaking of scary things from people's childhood. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like kids either have a uh, or adult, as they become adults, they either have a fantastic memory of it and think it was the best thing ever. Or other people think, why, why did, what, why, yeah. <laughs> why was, <laughs> why was that a thing? Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's awesome too because as well, I love as well. Um, I, I've only briefly done some puppetry work, but it's been more on animatronics. You know, not necessarily uh, handheld um, stuff. Although I have done that. Um, uh, it, it's something where I, I love that illusion with the magician, you know, the ventriloquist, where we all know and we understand it's your hand or whatever like that, or with marionettes, you know, and things like that. But um, playing with those sort of things, it's it's a lot of fun. It's something that... Well, I, I, I uh, was talking to a kid uh, who it turned out that I'd taught um, the previous year, yeah. and they were convinced that it was someone else doing... Harold instead of me. Oh, really? So I thought, yeah, I thought I'll take that as a compliment. Thank yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Tammy, that was another one that like, I always remember from there. We've got Rhiannon Elizabeth Irons as well saying she remembers Healthy Harold. Yes. Awesome. Oh, well, there you go. A, gra yeah. a graduate. Yeah, because like, I remember I, I mentioned it to someone and they didn't know. And I didn't know whether it was just something they... It was only at certain schools, but it was something that, yeah, it's, uh, I was surprised to just hear something from what I remember from my nostalgic youth wasn't something that somebody else got to um, share. So, um, and there's something so unnerving about ventriloquist dummies, Rhiannon Elizabeth Irons says, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think as well when you've got the, what was it, that, was it Goosebumps? They had the 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 ventriloquist doll, the age-old wood um, doll, yeah, 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 which was uh, a character, which I personally loved, and I think Jack Black did the voice for in the film, and I love it again because it's it's in this sort of world of, of, of things, and, and reanimated objects I find really interesting, especially like the Chucky, you know, so it's a in that, it's a serial killer putting his soul into a a, a, a doll, and then it's reanimated with this body parts and the mannerisms of it, so I really like, you know, the idea of this perception again being a fan of reanimator the idea of the biggest we can reanimate something to come back and, and do something physically but can we reanimate its its thought process can we make it remember like you know is is always the biggest question that we we never really get to in a frankenstein sort of world of of these dimensions um reanalyze it just said slappy now i remember slappy from oh what was it animaniacs do you remember animaniacs at all chris Mm, no, I don't think I do. Oh, anybody out there remember Animaniacs? That was a, a big thing from my youth that it wasn't I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I, I never watched it at the time it was on. So I only ever got it on VHS by recording it. And so it was at the end of a tape when I just put on record and I have to go. So yeah. Um, 
We've got, uh, speaking of dummies, has anyone watched Chucky TV series yet? I haven't personally seen it, but I have heard good things. Don't say that that's necessarily me saying that I think it's good. But um, from the reviews that I've been seeing, I, I have been seeing positive things. But maybe I'm also biased because, you know, they're always listening. Uh, and Steve Mareska says, wait, is Healthy Harold not around anymore? I'm not too sure. I, I feel as if it being in a digital <laughs> Otherwise, way. I'd be out of a job. <laughs> no, so, he's still around. Oh, yes, Healthy Harold is still going. So, yes, we still have Healthy Harold. Perfect. He's, Always he's alive, alive and kicking. He's just a bit past his bedtime now. Yes, yeah, no, we, we, we couldn't get him on because he's he's got to sleep too. It's was it big, uh, yeah, big dog just, o'clock. We just had to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, those fraggles are all nighters. That's why you can see that they don't blink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, beautiful. Slappy was Goosebumps. Oh, of course. Slappy was the name of the dummy. Oh, yes, <laughs> Because um, that's it. I, I I always had a terrible thing. I used to do um, when having to do corporate events uh, as an MC. They'd usually say fill in time, and so I would watch uh, a lot of presentations. And one of them would be a guy called Tapeface, which you might have seen on. He was on America's uh, yeah, yeah. Got Talent and things. Put a piece of gaff tape on his over yeah, his yeah. mouth and did these. This uh, but it was yeah. his one where he did um, Eternal Love, and so I did that. But the coordination yeah, of having yeah. to do both things from perspectives. And think it whilst also yeah. reacting to it. It's very yeah. hard because I we usually get booked to um, voices, and I can't for the life of me multitask as you've as you noticed in that <laughs> like the green room beforehand when I was trying to set up the games. Um, yes, you love Tapeface. Perfect. If you haven't seen Tapeface, look up some of his videos out there because he is I. Oh, I don't want to blaspheme again, so I'm going to say he's either from New Zealand or Australia. Um, I feel like Melbourne is pulling me towards it, but I'm not too sure. But he is—he was on that, um, the old school sort of cabaret vaudeville surviving circuit, which I'm hoping gets started again, where a lot of um, a lot of circus work and stilt walking work that I used to do uh, would be open in Europe um, uh, for busking. Uh, and Melbourne is mm, now pretty mm. much in Australia, the only place that you can do that. It, Without, for not lucratively, but you can, you know, justify it to do it, and you get paid um, for it. Uh, but, but he used to do these sort of acts, and he would be on in the Melbourne comedy festivals, and thinks that this is a magical performer. Uh, and he got to a point where he realised the same thing that if he talked a lot of the time, it would distract and and do conflicting things than what he was trying to do. He was trying to do a lot of magic at the time, so he realised that by covering his mouth and doing the whole thing like a mime act, the same way as uh, Teller from Penn and Teller. Um, Harpo Marx. Yeah. Um, the words escape me for other mime artists like this, but if you've ever done street performance, the less you say, and especially if you're a mime performer, if you're insinuating to them something to do, they are going to go out of their way to help you and to jump those hurdles to go, oh, you mean this, you want me to do this, especially if you're nice about it. So he pretty much does all those magic tricks by covering his mouth. And so, yeah, he's a great example, I think, for any physical performer as well and character performer because the... Uh, character he plays the whole time is lovable, but it's also like, come on, we've got we've got something to do. He, he's mm, he, it's, it's a good mm. paradox that he plays in that. So and all done silently. Mm. So yeah, yeah, great shows that you can see there. He's a Kiwi. Thank you very much. So yes, another New Zealander. So that's perfect to see out there. Uh, our brothers from across there. I always felt as well like you know technically um, like when they made the states and things like that. I think in the original constitution, New Zealand was one of the states of the Australian states thing. I remember seeing that because the roads that lead out of Canberra, uh, one of them I think used to be called New Zealand. 
road or something like that. It was aiming towards uh, New Zealand. They've since renamed it and stuff like that. And for some reason, I feel like that's one of those technical quiz questions where it's like, technically, it hasn't been removed from the Constitution. But I'm not too sure. But I always felt like it was like Tasmania. <laughs> it was that close. It's sort of like a brother from another mother. I've been blaspheming so much, so I, so I hope that's not offensive to anyone. <laughs> Yeah. You need like a little dicky knee sort of. I do, oh, Mr. Yes. Summers, Mr. Summers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I really do want that. Pikelet, why can't you be like more like Dicky Knee? It's, um, I think he'll take that wrong. I need to get him like a little cap. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm hoping most Australians who are listening in knows that reference. Recently on Channel Nine, mm. I think it was they or Seven. Oh, I'm blessing you. You'll be able to know what it is. Hey, hey, it's Saturday. Recently had a special on and it mm. was uh, celebrating the last 50 years. So they had highlights mm. from their TV show, interviews with uh, Molly Meldrum and uh, or at least screen grabs from a whole bunch of different stars and stuff like that. Uh, omitting certain uh, aspects of the show. Um, yeah. Which I was, I, I wish they had Kamal on there, honestly, um, because I know that I worked with someone who had worked with him and had said that he was lovely and uh, and I'd worked with Barry Crocker and he was in that sort of same sort of ilk and those that generation they're just all lovely people to work with um, so yeah uh, that's just another extension of, of people like that so, but I wanted to see that let us know if you saw it and what you thought of that I was always a big fan of Red Simons and that whole ilk that happens there I was doing something I have a link open <laughs> um, so of course we've got our pop quiz hot shots which is going to be happening as well which is going to be our last um, quiz question from Belle Delia and Valentino del Toro the Hollywood actors who uh, she was the star of the 2011 The Tunnel film in Australia and, uh, and Valentino del Toro has been in many many things he's been on Australian TV uh, American TV uh, all around there and so yeah you'd, uh, you'd see his face and he's got one of those familiar lovable faces both lovely people and we're so happy for them to have been able to uh, offer their time for our equal quiz so they'll have a question for you guys and you'll have to answer it in the allotted time is, mm. is he related Rich? Uh, no not to Guillermo del Toro or Benedicio del Toro to my knowledge I have only asked him, I think, Benedicio del Toro, so maybe Guillermo del Toro. Who, who knows? One of, one of my favourite uh, names to say ever. Yeah. Uh, Benicio Guillermo. del Toro. Yes, <laughs> wait. Benicio. Benicio del Toro. Perfect. I wanted to get that on that screen. <laughs> we always like screen grabs. <laughs> yeah. I was even just trying to do the gymnastics for um, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Is it Guillermo? Guillermo. Guillermo. Also, oh, you do have to roll your R's. Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. I had to roll my R's, sorry. <laughs> um, good. I still have this tab open and I don't know what it's for. So, uh, I think it was a YouTube link. That's what I was, I was going for. I don't know what the link was for. But of course, on our YouTube links that you can see the games that have been released up there, we have our previous live streams. And we also have our Patreon uh, as well that you can uh, join to see all of the uh, Quiz Arena full live streams up there, as well as uh, other highlights from shows. We also have the Surgeons of Horror uh, podcasts, video podcasts, you guys can see up there. And uh, yeah, so you can drop us some love over there. You can also buy us a uh, coffee over on that corner down there, or you can send us a tip into the tip jar, which is a bit of fun. Uh, and if you haven't subscribed yet, please feel free to subscribe so you can see this fantastic little animation. Hola.
which everyone loves, and I know you love it too. Awesome. Great stuff. Um, Rhiannon Elizabeth Iron said that she was told this week whilst doing a voice recording that I can do a mid-Atlantic accent. Cool. Awesome. Mid-Atlantic. So is that like... Cause the I was Carolinas? Listening. Sorry, though, say again? Is that the Carolinas? Is that what she's that's talking what was the, is, is Amer- I'm assuming it would be American uh, or US yeah, side rather than Canadian because I was listening to a talk show where they said the same thing. They said Atlantic Canadian. And it was, I think it was... Oh, yeah, well, that, that's oh, yeah. half Irish. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very broad. And, and they, were, they were mentioning it was, um, yeah, up in that area. So don't know if you mean that's a Canadian. Oh, such a John Farnham joke there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, so love it. Oh, th- there was that moment too, that the beautiful song rendition that they do with Tom Jones and John Farnham that had the clip on that where they sing Yiddish Mama, I think it was. Beautiful song rendition. <laughs> Of that. I know, random eclectic reference, but if, if you do like your, your song stylings, because beautiful singing that they have there. Um, and yeah, I've been watching a lot of um, Spicks and Specs, which are all up on YouTube as well, so you can get amongst that, because that's a lot of fun. That's right, there was a, an Australian, something in Australian news that was coming up recently. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, this is why I should have notes. That's right. I do remember the other thing, though, I have to do. I'm going to do that just now before we start the quiz. Um, perfect. Oh, Rhiannon Elizabeth Irons is now elaborating on... Did you want to read that, if you can, for us, Chris? Just what Rhiannon Elizabeth Irons has told us about the Mid-Atlantic accent? Uh, yeah, mid uh, Transatlantic is an accent of English fashionably used by the... Uh, oh, it's disappeared. Early, early 20th century... Hmm, Mid-Atlantic. Ooh. Ooh, so American upper class. 20th century. Oh, so um, almost English. Yeah, I'm imagining. It's um, Gatsby? Gatsby was... I feel like it was that area. I know it was filmed in Australia, but... Grace Kelly and Audrey Hepburn movies. Oh, yes. Yes. That's cool. <laughs> I do love that. One of the things, um, what was it, with Kenneth Williams, because uh, people were asking him about, um, cause, you know, he would have an accent that would be sort of like this, and it was very rounded, you know. Uh, and they would say, well, why, why would he speak like that? And he said, because he wanted to, he liked the sound of that voice, and so he just started doing it. And a lot of people who worked in radio, they end up having a radio voice. So, And it's funny, it's something that they'll turn on and off, but it's very rare that you'll hear them turn it off. Uh, so it's yeah, it's crazy. It's like um, actors as well who have have had to, you know, uh, tweak their accent. Like a lot of broad Australians, you know, will have to sort of be a bit more that way. I, a lot of the time, whenever I go for jobs, I, I people think I'm English, and I'm sort of like, oh okay. I'll, it, as long as I sound clear, that's the biggest like you know thing. I just don't want to. You'd, you'd hate if someone said Mid Atlantic, but they meant in depth, and they thought you sounded like SpongeBob. Yes. <laughs> oh, Nasferatu. too. Well, that's great. See, that's the other thing too. I, I think people get weirded out whenever I just, I'll break into an accent because it's just me trying to th- throw a, a magic gimmick of there, like, look over there. Um, but yeah. Uh, most movies that uh, have accents, Brando and uh, Jimmy Dean, yes. Game. Yeah, well, that's that's it. Um, uh, we we want to have a game which um, 
uh, Ant brings on, which is called Scene Stealers, uh, which is, is fantastic. Unfortunately, he won't be able to join us tonight because it being Australia and us coming out of lockdown, things have been kicked into high gear, so everyone's back to work. Uh, but in Scene Stealers, he um, picks uh, scenes from films, and we read them out and then have to guess what film they're from. So yeah, that's a, a bit of fun there, which is always good stuff. Um, awesome. We've also got Monster Mashups, which is a game that you guys would have seen uh, last week, or if you would have seen the trailer beforehand, uh, the fantastic little stinger that goes into that. And it is a game where it's uh, going to be a whole bunch of movie mashups. So far, we haven't played that game, but we have seen the first movie mashup. But we're going to get rid of that because we've got hundreds of them. So we're going to have five movie posters which have been mashed up with Disney characters that we want you to tell us what the characters are uh, what they're from, their names, and the uh, poster, the film poster that that's from. So we've got quite a few games, and of course, we've got our Quiz Arena tournament, which is ready to go and raring with 10 questions for you guys to play along at home in the chat, and all you've got to do is put the numerical digit in there to answer that question. If you're playing along on Facebook, you'll have to put the numeral and the full answer in, so hopefully the text won't be hard. I realise... Now, when I'm saying that, you have to write in the thing. It's no use me pointing in a really long, like, clinical scientific name. <laughs> like, you know, uh, Australaventa wintonensis, you know, or anything like that. It's, there's no point in doing that because then I've got to get you guys to do that. I want to make it easy enough for you guys. So if you are having a problem with that, just jump on over to YouTube where you just have to put in the numeral. Perfect. Awesome. Um... Rihanna Elizabeth Irons saying that her natural uh, voice uh, has American inflections, but of course, uh, a speech uh, therapist uh, you had when you were a kid. Yeah, and the perks of having a stutter as a child. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of the stuff, too, I uh, have American-isms, which I think comes from the age-old thing. The Police Academy movies. I learned English from the Police Academy movies. That idea. A lot of the, the art forms that we are exposed to have uh, american um, origins. Uh, when I was growing up, there was a lot of English TV shows as well. And just like I was saying before with Kenneth Williams, we, I think, adopt what we like and we want to emulate. So it's it's that sort of mimicry, I think, and, and that's that form of flattery too that we we do. We'll <laughs> we'll do that because I notice I've got uh, something where I always have an American an Americanization, and my English friends always do like the R and I'll do the E or whatever that is. Uh, we got Yiddish Mama was a highlight of the Hey Hey Show. Yes, it was. It was a beautiful moment. And they've got to bring back more live... I totally... They do need to bring back more live entertainment shows. I totally agree, Steve. Um, when I was watching that, I was, yeah, getting a, a bit hopeful that even in the same capacity of us watching that, something where it's a variety of performance where if it's live streamed, it still works. Even having Daryl Summers there introducing something that with one guest coming on, like Red Faces, you could do online. Um, but yeah, hopefully there are still those companies out there because we've mentioned a couple of times before, Fast Forward, Full Frontal, uh, these kind of shows. I mean, Kath and Kim was a spin-off from Big Girl's Blouse, but um, which had the women from Fast Forward and, and Full Frontal, which I'm hoping that we can get a bit more of as well. But uh, do you have a favourite Australian? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Chris? Bit, bit more Full Frontal. That's what we need. <laughs> a bit more Full Frontal, as in, in context, the TV show, yes. Oh, the show. The show, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for Fast Forward Full Frontal, yeah. Full, full Frontal, Fast Forward, I don't know. Um, but yes, totally. Um, 
that's like something that Steve Izard as well. He's he's still around there doing things. So if you're listening out there, Steve Izard, or um, Sean McAuliffe. I mean, he's been someone who's been a great uh, provider of entertainment uh, currently on the ABC. He had talking about your generation, uh, multiple different shows, and his own the McAuliffe mm. program or McAuliffe Tonight. So yeah, it'd be great to see some shows like this. We have Rove's TV show, the movie show. What was it called? Name that movie or or something like that. That was a good one, and I think that's still available on the oh, Channel 10, and I apologize. I don't know. If you want me to get it right, Channel 10, sponsor us. <laughs> um, then, I, then I'll be forced to not blaspheme. Um, but check that out. All of those, um, I've mentioned Channel 9, Channel 7, and Channel 10. They all are available on their apps and on websites that you can sign up, and you can watch uh, the reruns of their uh, uh, produced materials up there. So, yes. And bring back Effie. Yes. Um, the, uh, the highlights of Necropo- Acropolis Now. That was a great show. Yeah. Fat Pizza. I don't know if that's still on TV, but I know that they're making productions, but it'd be like the, the TV show. I, I haven't seen it. I knew it was on SBS, but yeah, SBS is again, a great provider of entertainment. They have been producing a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know if it's independent, but highlighting entertainment that has been something that's been the closest to that style. I think we're referring to, or at least I'm referring to now. And yes, I totally do agree. Steve Maresca, that person would be a great host. Um, with, with, of course, a special guest of Steve Maresca on at all times. Of course, yes. Um, Canine saying, even Americans do it. Uh, as in, are you talking about now the accents or the spin-off shows or the full frontal? Or the <laughs> I, I was going to say, yeah, uh, a, a lot of um, these TV shows, the reason that I'm mentioning that they are available on websites to see is because crossing over those boundaries and being able to see uh, art forms, there was a an American site that I got links to from the TAG uh, shows, the reruns. There was 40 episodes that he put on his uh, mega sites that you could watch them on that. Uh, and he said, I'm not, Ameri- I, I, I'm not Australian, but I, I don't like follow politics or, or, or their show, but this guy's hilarious. Watch this and mad as hell. And so it was good to see that, like, you know, they can cross boundaries. Uh, and if I haven't mentioned before, um, Grim Tales by Rick Mayle. Uh, we've got The Ruttles. We've also got The Ruttles 2. If you have seen The Ruttles and you haven't seen The Ruttles 2, which is made by the same people, Eric Idle, uh, we've got that on the Rush Cutter channel. Hopefully for a while. I'm pr- probably going to have to take them down soon. Um, but we've also got Let the Br- Blood Run Free, which was a TV show in, uh, which was done in Melbourne, I think, in the 90s, early 90s. But yeah, uh, great TV shows out there. And some... Perf- a great performers who are no longer with us, especially in um, Let the Blood Run Free. The physical performances of the man who plays, and I'm biased here, but he plays Dr. Dick someone. He's uh, Dr. Richard someone. Uh, he's the the, um, uh, the the egotistical, oh yes, matron, um, a doctor in it. Fantastic physical performer. Does backflips and all this sort of stuff. And the, uh, the antagonist of the show, um, who's named... Oh, oh, What's her name? Matron Conniving Bitch, I think is the character name. Uh, or Dolores Conniving Bitch, or something like that. Uh, great show. Uh, you can see all the episodes up there for free. So check it out. Uh, drop a like if you can, uh, because it's a lot of fun. And that show was uh, improvised as well, because Chris and I have an improvised background. We used to do a lot of uh, improvisation with uh, Mankia Theatre uh, Theater Sports, Central Coast Theatre Sports, Impromity. Um, uh, we were both involved, I think, at some stage at the Cranston Cup and with the... Uh, uh, what was it, ITS in Sydney, um, uh, and those groups around there. So having that familiar background, I think you'd be excited to know that uh, the way that they filmed um, Let the Blood Run Free was, it was a soap opera, which was all sent up. 
But at the end of each episode, they would have the public write in or phone in to say what they wanted to happen on the next episode. When they got those in, they would have like one day to write the script, and then one day they would film it all, and then, or do they film it all or, or rehearse it all? And then it would be available on screen. I can't remember if they did it live or if it was pre-recorded. Anyway, they had a really quick turnover where the script was finalized by the audience's interactions. So it was somewhat improvised. So uh, that's another reason why I wanted to bring it up because I know that you like uh, improvised things as well. And um, if I haven't mentioned it as well, Chris Hardy is probably one of the best improvisers that I've ever worked with. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because you're a guest tonight, but honestly, uh, you have one of the quickest wits and you've always been a joy to work with on stage in uh, any improvisational sense. So, Yes, and... Oh, yes, and of course. So I left you hanging there. Yes, and <laughs> mushrooms grow inside. In fact, on a segue, the mushrooms uh, are still being utilized by tunnels that are disused by the Transport for New South Wales. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you do theatre sports. Uh, improvisations. Wasn't there a lot of people from um, the big gig in Let the Blood Run Free? I think so, yes. Peter Nankervis is in it, and um, who, again, was on Hey Hey at Saturday. He did the, the rhyming... Um, oh, and the and the chitter chatter, chitter chatter. Um, so yes, uh, that's that's another one. I met actually. I, I mm. saw, just saw Steve's uh, line there. What was it? Uh, oh yes, you saw the show, Steve. Um, Steve saw the show that we did with Impromity at uh, Luna Park. Um, so fantastic. So you got a fan from Luna Park there, Chris? Yay! Well, so, no, he didn't actually say that. <laughs> just no, no, but, but, I, I'm, I'm leading him down that garden path. Yes, and Steve. Um, yeah. But no, but, but that's it. Like, because that was a lot of fun. And that's, that's where um, uh, we, we had Barry Crocker as well as a judge for that. So we were very lucky to have him on board for that too. So do you, do you remember that night? Or is that blocked out from your history? No, I do. I do. No, that was a good one. I, I think I got a three from Barry at one, one point. That was the original <laughs> having a Barry. Having a barrier, yes. And you remember the the, the highlight um, that um, when the what was it, the power went out. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> now I was going to say I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but I was going to do two things: throw someone under the bus and drop a name, and I don't want to do that. Um, but I remember at one stage the the lights went out, and uh, chaos ensued. I had to run off uh, the stage and and <laughs> run up with the 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 guy who was the general manager of Luna Park, the technical uh, guy in Luna Park, and uh, all, all, uh, those two guys straight to a Powerball, and we were trying to troubleshoot what, what happened. During that time, one of the contestants, I don't know who it was, because I, I wasn't there. Do you remember who jumped off the stage? And Because Barry Crocker was fantastic. He is such a professional. I worked with him on um, Reefer Madness as well, where he was the narrator, and he's a consummate professional. Picked the mic up, dropped. If the ball drops, picked it straight up. And what do you remember? What he did, Chris? Uh, I think Steve. Did Steve mention it there? Yes, He's Steve's mentioned it there. But I was going to say, because can... I've actually been in another thing that he did, uh, where he was sort of booked as some entertainment. And he he sang the neighbours song as well. So I think he just does that. Like I think I was standing next to him at a bus stop once. And he just started singing. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. He's just one of those sort of people who's just like, no. But any chance he's going to as, use, he'll drop that. Yeah. As, you, as you would. As you would. Now, you haven't mentioned there, but the player that we're talking about is Adam Young. Adam Young oh, jumped off yes. the stage and broke into a duet of the Neighbours theme song with... Um, 
uh, with Barry, Barry Crocker. So there is a video I think we've got up on on the. It's in one of the Improvity things. I've got another channel up on on YouTube which is Improvity, so that might be around there. But um, yeah, yeah. He, so he jumped up the stage and and they they took over like that was brilliant because that covered that sort of thing. As you can see, what I usually do in this sort of thing, if I'm having to do a technical thing, I insinuate. So, elaborate, filibuster, <laughs> and then I'll run off and do something technical. Uh, so, it's so good that that happens. And then the lights came up and everything happened and we had roaring rounds for success and, and everyone had downed another glass um, of, of, of something, that, their libation that they were drinking and the night carried on. It was a great success and that was for a, a fundraiser for a show that I was producing with Rush Cutter Entertainment, which was uh, Alice, a physical theatre production. Um, so yeah, which we were lucky enough to have a whole bunch of people in there who have gone on to be uh, amazing stars in their own right. I mean, what was it? Um, we had Brendan McLean who was in there as well, who is an amazing solo artist and still does his music out there. Je definitely check him up uh, on, on YouTube. He's got his own music going out there. We had Tanya Hennessy, who was the Queen of Hearts, who was in there. And obviously, uh, if you are familiar with YouTube, she's since gone on to being the uh, the celebrity get me out of here, you know, fame and releasing books, has her own um, uploads and things like that. She's got many, many um, toes in, in so many waiting pools at the moment. So yeah, uh, amazing stars out there who have gone to success, like, you know, people who've worked with Cirque du Soleil. I mean, you've got producers who have gone to be in major productions and things like this. So uh, yes, that's, that's another thing. And, and again, another reason why you should join our Patreon. Um, and awesome, good to see that, yes, you said it brought the house down when they sang that uh, Neighbours theme. So good to see there. Uh, and something that I won't play here because hopefully that's not something we need to worry about copyrights. It wasn't the, uh, the, the new revamped version that they currently have. Yeah. Every now and again, he should start singing the Home and Away theme and just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, that'd be funny. Yeah. I wanted, yeah, you get those two people in there and it's like a, a knife off sort of thing. Like, a, what's it in the Beat It, beat it commercial where you wrap a, the, the tie the arms together, each of them got a knife, except each of them got a mic. Actually, actually last year, Rich, um, during the lockdown, we were doing some filming with Healthy Harold and he got invited onto the Home and Away set. Cool. <laughs> so he did, a, he did a scene with Alf in the Home and Away diner. Wow, really? And I got Alf to say... Stone the flame and giraffes <laughs> <laughs> instead of instead of crows, and uh, yeah, it was that's it was, great. It was quite amusing. I thought, uh, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. These two, these two uh, icons coming together. Yeah, <laughs> Alf yeah. Stewart and Healthy Harold. That's it. Yeah, we had I think Alf on one of our games before, which was um, oh, that was one of our not Chrono Loco games. Oh, but I've said it now, so I, I feel like I'd be amiss if I didn't do a, a, a quick chuck to Chrono Loco. So get ready for your ears and experience the Chrono Loco! <laughs> yes, but that's not a game that we're going to be playing tonight. That's going to be for another time. Ole! Thank you, Phil Robinson, for chiming in there. Beautiful stuff. Groovy. This well, reminds me of the Heartbreak Kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was stoked because does anybody know what that piece of footage was taken from the the guy doing the grito call so um the grito call is the which i did very poorly then um uh, i don't know why i'm trying to be quiet <laughs> uh, but that's the grito you call. freaked the bird out <laughs> i know right yeah he's, he's underneath me and you, you go crazy but i should re-smoke it again there we go um but the grito call was from a particular film that i wanted to reference in it i looked around for a uh 
uh, another Greta call. Couldn't find one. So what film was that Greta call taken from? I'll do it again because someone around here has got to say... Actually, we should get... Oh, I, I, I've got to say it because it only throws from me. So, Chrono Loco! Yes, disregard what's on the screen with the games and stuff like that. But that guy doing the Greedo call, what film was that taken from? Ole! Mm. What era are we talking? He looked... Oh, I think the 80s? Yeah, right. Um, yes. You know what? You know what he slightly looked like? He looked like, you know, at the beginning of Men in Black... When they uh, they catch the um, <laughs> they catch the the Mexicans who've just crossed the border, yeah, and there's <laughs> he looks like one of them. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Well, this is um, one of the people in it. He isn't someone that you would be able to go. Oh, it's this person. Like you know, it's, it's Star's name here. This is I'm pretty sure a what do they call them? A, a Benicio Mariachi del Toro. <laughs> yes, yeah. It was Guillermo del Toro the whole time. Uh, no, um, I think they're called mariachi bands. Correct me if I'm wrong, mm, who does the Guido yeah, call? No, that's right. I think so, yeah. Because uh, a lot of the stuff that I'd have to do um, on those uh, corporate gigs, we would usually have mariachi bands, and I love them. They've just got such a great vibe to them. But I'm pretty sure that they were the, uh, a, a group that was hired for that particular thing. So that's uh, just one of the people who could do the Guido call. But it's uh, 80s. I'll give you... It's not a horror. TV show or movie? Movie. Movie? Movie. It's a comedy. I was going to say The Love Boat. <laughs> the Love Boat. <laughs> oh, great reference. Oh, I'm uh, going to think of not, Gilligan's Island now. It's not, it's not Three Amigos, is it? Hey! Oh, SpaghettiCos! <laughs> yes, Justice Phil Robinson. You've got this sixth sense, Phil Robinson. Whenever we go, like we say, and the answer is, it's just like, ah... Like that. That's it. That's why you'll want to get to a game of Venkman Burn in Hell because that's all about the ESP. Dropping it down. Perfect. Thank you so much. And correct answer of the three amigos. I'd love to allocate you points beforehand, but unfortunately our final round is all tallied up by LiveReacting.com. If you guys do want to make your own quiz as well, we do have an affiliate link down below, so you can use that link to download your own version, and you'll be able to use it for free. But you can also pay for the monthly subscription, and if you use our code, uh, I think you get a discount, and we also get uh, a little bit of love being an affiliate. So uh, you you can have a quiz if you've got a, uh, a community group or a family quiz or a, um, a business, you know, corporate um, get-together that maybe you just want to make it lighthearted. You can generate any question on there or you can write in your own questions for that too. So, yeah, check them out below. Steve, Steve, Steve was just asking about only murders in the building. I was just wondering how Chevy Chase, uh, you know, feels about being replaced by Selena Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They're going, um... Uh... Who do we choose? The one who's hard to work with? Uh, the Greedo in real life sends chills up your spine. But yeah, it, it seems like it's really loud, so I think that it definitely would have a, a different um, impact, it being um, up close. Because uh, I do know that the levels I have, I'm hoping that they're all okay, but sometimes they can peak. And so I do apologize if something like particularly the Greedo is making you go, ah, headphones. Because, yeah, especially on YouTube, that's the last thing you want to have to worry about is, is levels. Um, but uh, why was Speedy Gonzales the best at laying carpet? <laughs> you always got two underlays. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yes! Yeah. Yes! Yes! Awesome. 
That's so good. Yeah, the the rate that I make dad jokes, I'm sure I've got kids somewhere. Um, that's good. That wasn't me, by the way. That was Rhiannon and Elizabeth Irons who came up with that corker. Oh, that's great. There's a bunch of um, rules as well for those of you who aren't um, uh, who don't know about it. Uh, that there's uh, like with all of the cartoons that were made by the early Warner Brothers group when it came to Speedy Gonzales, not Speedy Gonzales. Um, it was the Roadrunner. Yeah, the Roadrunner and the Wily e. Coyote. There was a list of so many rules. And one of them was that the Wily e. Coyote can never speak. Or, or no no words can be uttered except for beep, beep. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, you should. That would be great. Writing a book on dad jokes. I mean, because the, the joke books are always handy. And you can always put them in a corner of the house. And they're always a lot of fun. Beautiful stuff. Groovy. So, uh, let's, let's have a go at getting into it. I think that we're... Um, we're we're feeling right. Are you feeling right and ready? I'm raring, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Exhale. Uh, for those of you playing at home as well, um, you know uh, when you yawn that it's encouraging your body to oxygenate, put more oxygen into your blood that goes to your brain. So that's why your body is forcing you to yawn. The same thing happens when your body forces you to sigh. So if you have a... <sighs> Your body is doing that. A deep, real sigh is forcing your body to get more oxygen to your brain so that you can think quicker. So even though it's perceived to be offensive uh, to, to people, in fact, what it's doing is your body is becoming more attentive. It's, it's, it's waking up. It's, it's forcing your body to wake up a little bit more and, and be a bit more in control of your thinking muscles. Uh, so, yeah. Mm. I wish you could have, uh, you know, maybe told my year six teacher all this. He just didn't really uh, yeah, you know, well, he interpreted it in a different way. No, well, that's, that's, yeah, I love sources because a lot of the times when a lot of teachers might come out and say, well, actually, and they've got like a, a seven or 14 year old knowledge of, of information. And I mean like a, a finicky scientific, you know, and, and if they're doing it, well, no, actually, this is the answer. You're wrong. It's sort of like, well, hold on. That's not a good approach to take as a teacher's perspective, in my opinion. I really think it, it shouldn't be about this is the right answer. It should be about let's, all be smarter about it. So in that case, yeah, give us your sources so that if you're right and I'm wrong and I haven't looked it up in 14 years, we can both be smart. Like the one of the best things, um, the oldest known rock that's ever been found is from 4.7, from what I looked it up to, could be 4.6 to 4.4, but when we're talking the billions, does it really matter? 4.7 billion years old, and it was found in Jack Hills in Western Australia. Now, that is something that like I find amazingly so important and so interesting. Sedimentary layers and how rocks show those things, fossils and the records of the um, Australotitan Cooperensis, which we recently uh, discovered in Queensland, which is the it could possibly be the largest um, long neck dinosaur that we've found in the world so far, but we're still, well, I say we, they are still unearthing uh, bones from it, but it could be potentially a juvenile and it's the largest we've ever found, um, beating the, the Dreadnautilus, which is found in South America um, and other uh, big titans like the Titanosaurus and stuff like that. But um, that, that's why I love it. And, and, and so it's not about, this is the right answer, shut up if you're wrong. It really should be, yeah, I love that, investing and going well let's all be on that same page so that we're trying to peer review each other so we have that ammo so that if someone says well let's test it we can test it like you know it's and there's that one that they there's that one that they almost found did you hear about that one the do you think he saw us <laughs> yeah the did you think he saw us rex yes um 
It always needs um contact lenses. That's great. <laughs> That's so good. Well, I I originally saw um Jurassic Park on a dodgy copy, and that scene was cut out of it. So I was an adult until I saw those two jokes, and I cacked up because I was like, they put this in Jurassic Park. It was great to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, awesome. Uh, Rand and Elizabeth Irons agreeing about the oxygen adding. Um, and <laughs> That's right. I didn't make the blonde joke. You did. <laughs> but I, I, I trust me. I, I have terrible brain farts when it comes down to it. So I need all the yawns that I can get when I'm teaching as well. That's it's something I always have to constantly sort of do that roundabout thing of going. No, it's it's a compliment. Um, uh, and one more for the <laughs> night. What do you call a haunted chicken? Anybody? What do you call a haunted chicken, Chris? A. I'll make that eggs feather, move. A feathered. Oh, poultry geist. No, uh, uh, ah. Yes. Very good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? It's, it's a I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, but you have to be careful. Ah, there we go. Peak fun, ladies and gentlemen. Peak fun. Speaking of peak fun, why don't we get into our round of games? So let's get our quiz arena board up there. Uh, and yeah, if you guys haven't put in what you guys are looking for, then who knows? Who knows what what could come up? Who knows what it could be? Let me close the chat there. Awesome. So we've got that up there, and let's give it a spin and find out what's going to be our first game that we're going to be playing. <laughs> So it is Venkman, burn in hell. We remove that and we'll take you off the screen. And I, I'm sorry, I missed all of that, but I really I was hoping they would have seen that Fraggle dancing around there in the background. Oh, there we go. Fraggle knee. Awesome. <laughs> Phil Robinson's already gotten in there. So, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you've been wanting to see it before. You've been wanting to see it again. And you're going to see it regardless because it's Venkman, burn in hell time. Um... Beautiful. So, I have a whole bunch of cards in front of me. Yep. So, on the cards we have an X, a dot, we have a moon, that is yellow, but because of the green screen it's just doing a bit of funky stuff. Um, we have a triangle, we have a circle, we have wavy lines, three wavy lines, blue. And we have a blue equals sign. Cool. So, what I do is I shuffle these off camera so that there's no way that you can read what I'm doing. <laughs> and I want you guys to tell me what you think the one is. I'm not going to choose that one. Awesome. What is it? We've already got Phil Robinson saying it's a square. I'm using my ESP out there, sending you the signal to see if you know what the symbol is. So right in the chat below. I, I know, I know, I know what it is. You know, yes, you'll know. So a point on, if you get it correct, a point off, 
if you get it correct. But because it's just us two right now, if you get any questions incorrect, I take the point. Ha ha ha. So what? Yeah, sounds fair. Awesome. What are you going to say? <laughs> this? Uh, it's definitely the triangle. Triangle. Unfortunately, it is the cross. Oh, somebody's cross with you. Unfortunately, no. It was no points, or I should say, a point to me. Yes. I don't know if I've ever gotten points, but I got that too. Awesome. We had a canine saying the blue wavy bacon. <laughs> yes, that would have been fun. Um, but unfortunately, no. So yes, uh, very, very well done. Awesome. And Rihanna Elizabeth Iron said the triangle. Uh, so unfortunately, no, it was the X. But that was our game of Venkman Burn in Hell. A lot of fun and always a good bit of fun there. It's a quick game though. So we might have to spin the game a little bit. Uh, spin the game. Spin the wheel a little bit more. So if that's the case, Pikelet's here. And we'll go for another spin of the wheel if you're ready. And we'll set it up, and let's let's bring it back to here, and I'll, I'll bring up the quiz arena wheel so that we can see it up the top there. Oh, if I can find it, that is. There it is. Awesome. Okie day. Here we go for another spin of the wheel. You can, you can pretend to spin it if you want, actually, Chris. So this will be your spin. Ready? And go! Yes! It's my personal favourite! It's spin again! We remove that and we spin again! Chicken or egg? Beautiful. Well, I asked you before from a biological perspective. Can anybody answer me? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? It's, it's easy, really. The answer is triangle. No, <laughs> the triangle. <laughs> it's wavy lines, isn't it? No, it's not. Let's turn bacon. that off. We'll turn it's this bacon. one off and we'll come back to here. Beautiful stuff. Awesome. So, oh, and there's my face. My ah, oh, gotta take that off. No one wants to see that. Beautiful. Mm. Good stuff. So it was chicken or egg. So let's go into the game of chicken or egg. Which we haven't got a stinger for yet. But it's a fun little game that's just there. And just while I do that, I'm going to bring the game up as well so that we can have it as our banner. Perfect. So any of you out there, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Ah, oh, what do we are? What do we are? How's it's a science question. Not a philosophical question. It has been answered by science. Nobody won't take it. Yeah, <laughs> no one wants to be wrong. Egg. Chicken or egg, add sauce. There we go. Beautiful. As you might know as well, this may or may not be a game that has uh, been featured on a Channel 9 TV show. 
It depends which restaurant you went to, really. It does, it does. You know, what you ordered first and whether you got garlic bread. That's actually a good point. I didn't even consider that. Yeah. This is why we got you here. You're asking the, the hard and the deep questions. Beautiful. Good. Okay, day. So good. Phil Robinson is correct, and so were you, Chris. So I'm going to give you a point for that, too. So there you go. First point on the day! Nicely done. Mm. Yes, from a biological point of view, you're going to start with an egg regardless of what the animal is, and so that's going to be the first thing to, from an evolutionary perspective, obviously it's going to always have to be the egg because, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, it's going to give birth to a slight mutation that then is going to happen uh, through generations. Yeah. It's not like halfway through the cycle of an animal's life, it's going to suddenly turn into a different animal. Um, sweet. Beautiful. Uh, yes. Awesome. Yes. I love it, Phil Robinson. You're right on my wavelength. Um, cool. Because I, I, like I was talking about before about the Australopithecus wintonensis and the Australopithecus cuvinensis. Uh, Cooperensis, not nensis. Cooperensis. I've got to make sure I get that right. The reason why I do try and make sure that I say facts out loud uh, and articulate as well is because our brain will do this. When we want to try and remember something, our brain literally has to relive that event. And that's a lot of the time why we will end up um, uh, modifying our memories of certain things, maybe of our childhood events or something like that. So the reason why I say them out loud is so that I can remember, especially for something like the Australopithecus wintonensis, which is the Australian raptor-type dinosaur found in the Winton area, uh, which is very cool. I have a model around here, but we're about to go into game, so I won't worry about that. And like I mentioned before, the long-necked dinosaur, which was discovered this year or last year, I think it was this year, in Queensland. So yes, some fantastic things. And that uh, the uh, evolution of those animals is just so cool. Part of the reason why I love working with birds. Um, we had the mention, you mentioned ravens before. Um, the corvid family and the cockatoo family are the two, I could be wrong again if it's genus, I, I'm sorry if those, but you understand what I mean, the, the, that kind of bird. So the corvids are um, magpies, crows, ravens, um, those kind of birds are some of the most intelligent problem-solving birds that are around there. And yeah, it's it. You can see that as well when you look at the evolutionary process of what certain animals had to do in the survival techniques that they had to take on. If you weren't big and bitey, then you had to hide. If you couldn't hide, then you had to get away in some way, and birds ended up flying. Um, it's it's one of the things that um, on QI they mentioned uh, that the reason why we have motion sickness is because it's one of the evolutionary traits that's carried over from when we were in the trees to evade predators. We would, we couldn't go too high in the trees because if we fell out of the trees, it would be our death. So we would have to go to a certain height. So to stop us from doing this, we, we uh, adopted an evolutionary trait in our chemistry that stops us from going that high. Um, I wish I had the sources for it, but um, if you are interested in anything about that, who knows? Maybe Quiz Arena could just be the start of something beautiful where we talk about a whole bunch of other interesting facts and different subjects, <laughs> not exclusively horror. I love, I love how your mind went there, Rich, and my mind went to one of my favourite Gary Larson cartoons where there's the chicken and the egg in bed together, and I think the chicken's smoking a cigarette <laughs> and the egg saying, well, I guess that answers that. Yes, yes, perfect. Awesome. Well, that's it. Uh, yeah, and the three-eyed fish. Exactly. Like, um, I'm just going to mention, was Phil Robinson mentioned about three-eyed fish and certain mutations in animals. And some of the, like, alien creatures... Blinky. But Blinky, Blinky yes, from The Simpsons. Exactly. <laughs> but you look at some of the, the sea creatures that are uh, at the bottom of the ocean that is, like, you know, below the depths of light and things like this, like the um, anglerfish, the female the, anglerfish. The Meg. The Meg. The Meg. <laughs> are you talking about the Megalodon? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it. Like you know, the Loch Ness, like you know, as in I, I, I always love seeing videos about that, and even, um, what's it called? Oh, the, the Bigfoot, like you know, um, and the analysis of the how, because, like I don't know if you had any any suit work, but the the way certain you have to maneuver your body as puppeteering a suit, is is a particular like you know skill in itself and one of the things they brought out in, in this was you can't make a suit have like the movement of weight of a breast of a muscle like because when he's walking you can see the breast like you know moving in a, in, a, in a different time and that's something that once i looked at that i was like yeah you would have to mimic the weight of that and there's no point in making that in a costume from my perspective plus also there's a lot of science and testing and failure and for the quality of that video I don't know it's too much money and responsibility to put into that but what I'm turning around and saying is I love looking into those sort of things because there's a lot more justification for some of those sort of things or evidence at least than things that they haven't got out there not at all saying it's true but it's it's fun to fascinately look at these things and pick them apart isn't it <laughs> yeah there's they, they've got a um they've got a similar Loch Ness creature in Canada called the Ogopogo mm. Yeah, but I don't think it's got as much uh, study going yeah, into it as, uh, as yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I'm gonna look into that because another um, one of those conspiracy theories uh, um, I always love about is the theory of Atlantis, and the one that I I've been just loving to look at is the Ricard structure in um, Mauritania in Western Africa, West North Africa. Um, which, yeah, if you look at the it from a Google point of view, it's it's circles within circles. So the land mass works out. Um, but like you know, it's, it's just a, another structure from an architectural point of view, which is amazing. Just also on this side note too, if you like and know of Stonehenge in America, in America, farting <coughs> all over the place, in the obvious Stonehenge in England. I'm so sorry to all the people in England. Oh. Anyway. They had a megalithic structure in Mullumbimby in New South Wales, um, reportedly. And I think in the <laughs> 1800s sometime, the man who owned the land, uh, he plotted it all and he upearthed them because he had to use the land to work it for his farms. Stuff like was that. His name, was his name Jono? <laughs> and and, and I, saw the, yeah, I saw these stones and I'm so good, mate. Really oh, big. man, he's just, oh, he's Sam. Oh, great. You know him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, that's, that's for those people who like those conspiracy theories or whatever like that, Australia has some of the most interesting eclectic stories about that. Even, like, you know, if you do the whole serial killer highwayman, like, you know, thing from the road out of Sydney down towards Canberra. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. But, yeah. A lot of a great Australian history. But we're playing a game, aren't we, ladies and gentlemen? This game, That's right. of course, is chicken or egg. So I'm going to show you two things up there. Uh, and you're just going to have to tell me which came first. So it could be anything. Um, anything. The, the Stradivarius guitar or the violin, you know. And you're going to say which one came first. And then, yeah, we're going to get the year. Cool. And you get a point for that. Right. If you can get the exact year, I'll give you another bonus point. Or any other facts about what's up there, I'll give you a bonus point to it too as well. Also, there's a lot of points you can get here, ladies and gentlemen. And you at home, feel free to either help or hinder our guest. You can either try and help him out there by putting in the right answer, or you can throw him off by putting in the wrong answer. <laughs> it's all up to you in these first three rounds. So here we go with our first chicken or egg game. Which came first, the Brady Bunch or the Partridge family? 
So this is this meant to link to the whole chicken and egg thing? Because you know the whole uh, the, the beginning one, sequence where they one comes out and the other one comes out. And, oh, you're going to say you know, one led crack. to the other? No, no. There shouldn't be any no, no, besides no which one came first. No, um, but and the In fact the that they are both sequence. families and the insinuation that chickens, eggs, and the whole reproductive cycle does that, <laughs> obviously. But no, there, Come there's no on real. Now, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get, get happy. happy. <laughs> oh, so mm. good. And of course, the Brady Bunch theme. Um, oh, how's it go? Um, you know that things are gone. It's be a story. This way. It's oh, was a it, story. It? <laughs> no? Of a lovely lady. Buana. Who was bringing up three very lovely girls. All of them with hair. All of them had hair of gold. Gold! Like their mother. Monopoly! The youngest one in curls. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes. Well, let's find out. People in the chat are saying the Brady's, the Brady Bunch. Around Elizabeth Eisen say the Brady Bunch began airing. She knows the exact date. Uh, while the Partridge family debuted a year later. Let's find out. Correct answer was the Brady uh, Bunch. 1969. So, perfect. Wow. Uh, nice. You I would have said, see, I would have said Partridge family. Oh, nice. Then I get the point. Perfect. Yay. Awesome. Well, good. It's, it's a good start. Only by it. a year, though. Sorry? Only by a year, though. Only by one year. Yeah, it was very close. It was very close. Oh, there, there, see, there's another name I like to say. Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> That's a great Danny name. Danny Bonaducci. I love that guy. So good. I always do love going into casting auditions when, like, you know, they give you a rough brief. But the only brief I really need to know is where's the pitch? Like, you know, is this going to be an American <laughs> TV show, an American movie? Is it, well, like, you know, besides genre then you know, you can just go wacky. Um, beautiful. <laughs> Our next one. Which came first, Apple Music or Tidal? Mm. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with either of those, Apple Music or Tidal out there. God, I remember I, got, I remember when I got my first iPod. Oh, cool. I got the iPod Mini. Oh, yeah, nice. That was, yeah, I remember that was popular when I was looking around at getting it, and I got the cheaper one. I think it was the Creative Zen because they had video. <laughs> And I and my and I looked at my girlfriend. And I said, "What do I do with this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what's to do? That's it. It's like with the the GoPros. It's sort of like you know, now that we have cameras in our phones, what what for? Unless you're going to yeah. throw it off the edge of a cliff or you know, jump out of a building, something like you know. Well, I had to try and find someone else who had one and said, "Can you can you please put some music on you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's it too. I think that's yeah. something we've all been forced into. Technology, whether or not you're a, a savvy person, I think there's always a thing. The whole LinkedIn chat, some people only work through LinkedIn and I get thrown off every time. I think I've sent a message by just pressing enter and it just stays there for days and I'm like, fuck. Uh, anyway, uh, K9. So this is, is some... like what, what, yeah, what came first? The, yeah. What came first, the water or the apple? <laughs> yes, not a tidal wave. I do believe that tidal seems like it's a brand of a, uh, a music platform, I'm assuming. Uh, and this is Apple Music, not necessarily Apple the company. So K9 saying Apple, Phil Robinson is saying Apple. And the answer is what are yeah, you going to say? I'm going to go tidal. I'm going to say tidal. I'm You're going to say, say tidal? Awesome. Came before the Apple, yeah. Beautiful. I'm, like, do you want to throw in a year that you think tidal or Apple came into existence? Uh, I'm going to say title 2013. Oh, nice. Awesome. Oh, you were one year off. You were one year off. Do I, I get half a point? Like, I, if we could, I would. I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you two points for that one. Oh, wait. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, you yeah, you're right. That you was because I was actually thinking it's probably around 2005 or something. So yeah, that's another way I like to play it. If I think it's something and I'm wrong, I feel like I should give you another point. So good, um, awesome for all of you guys who got it. Rihanna Elizabeth Irons got it out there. Nicely done. Next one, chicken or egg? Which came first? Nah, Dolly, the cloned sheep, or the flavor saver tomato? Dolly. Dolly. Dotted the cloned sheep. Yes, that's right. That's not the magazine. Oh, oh no. Yeah, that's not right. the magazine. Sorry. <laughs> yes. So you're going to say, uh, yeah, Dolly the cloned sheep. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'm, I'll give you an extra point if you can give the year. That looked like a, that looked like a picture that would go with Dolly Doctor. Dolly Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I went into the bathroom last night. And um, <laughs> you, you know how sheep are really hairy? Um, <laughs> yeah. I had three sisters. I know all that. <laughs> Uh, well, I was even going to say, like, because the good lead into this one, if you're not too sure, or you've never heard about the Flavor Saver Tomato, what was the, the story of Dolly the Clone Sheep? What do you know about Dolly the Clone Sheep? Oh, I know all about Dolly. Um, <laughs> her actual, her, her real name was uh, Dolencius uh, Sheeparatu. Um, she hailed from, no, I don't really know. Uh, but yeah, they, they, she was the, she was the first, uh, animal to get cloned. Yes. Good. Um, awesome. First animal to get, actually, technically that's an incorrect statement. She wasn't, I think she was the on third. On Geonosis. Yeah. She's the third animal to get cloned. Um, uh, she's the first mammal, I think, to be cloned. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's the only reason I'm saying that is because te technically this is a technical co connection. So, um, if you don't know what the flavor saver tomato is, it's really interesting. So you're going to say Dolly the clone sheep, and what was the year you said? Sorry, Chris. I didn't say a year, um, but I'm going to go ninety four. Ninety four for Dolly the clone sheep. Beautiful stuff. Well, let's find out which came first. It was the flavor saver Ooh, tomato. Uh, I was getting the two mixed up. Yes, oh. yes, indeed, unfortunately. Is that like tomato? <laughs> tomato. Well, kind of. Like, in a, in a weird way. So what they did with the Flavor Saver Tomato was they got the gene from a salmon. I'm not too sure exactly the genus of it, but a fish. Or, again, if you follow the podcast, there's no such thing as a fish. Obviously, it's not a fish. The salmon is more closely related to the camel or something to that effect, I know, from a genealogical perspective. But the same thing is, as Phil was alluding to before, mm. the idea that we have tree DNA in our in, in our um, makeup. Our chemical makeup has tree DNA. It's so cool. So from that oh, same perspective, there is certain yeah, there's certain parts of the genome of the red salmon that work with the with the tomato. So they were able to get whatever thing from it, the chemical or whatever from this thing, and make it so that the tomato was able to grow, uh, be more hardy. I think it was more frost resistant. Um, it grew in uh, other climates. These sort it of could things. swim upstream. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it would. It would. It would spawn itself. It would swim upstream. It's a quite a feat because it would get up there and then it would just plant itself. And everyone who has ever planted a tomato would know how annoying. Like they just can't. There's swim. a whole bunch of bears in Alaska just going, "What is that?" They're just going, "I fucking hate tomatoes. The flavor, the the, the texture." They're one of those oh. people, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Beautiful. So if you were right out there, it was a flavor saver tomato. Beautiful stuff. Our next one, which came first, the Tamagotchi or the Ibo? Mm. Mm. Uh, do you remember any of the Tamagotchi craze? Craze? Uh, I do, yeah. I remember, I think, one of, I think one of my sisters like had a bit of a meltdown once because she forgot to feed it. 
Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> she might have got yeah gremlins and Tamagotchi mixed up a little bit. <laughs> also, mm. in the Ibo, I'm, I I don't know it by name, but I um I, I I've seen the robot dog. Now the robot dog for me, I don't know if it's a brand name thing or just the robot dog, but I assume because it has its brand name up there, it has to be this specific brand. So. Um, yeah, I don't know if that helps, but I do remember seeing this in a lot of catalogs, a lot of late night TV shows, which like you know they'd come on advertising those sort of things. So yeah, yeah, I I think uh, you know if you ever saw a Tamagotchi and you saw the technology, um, you'd have to say that that was first before a a you know a robot dog. <laughs> yeah, so you're gonna say the Tamagotchi's first. What year do you think it could be? Whoa. Um, ooh, I'm going to say early 90s, 91. Maybe I'm going a bit early. I remember the forerunner to the to the IBO. That was those little things in markets that used to go and then like crawl forward and then do a backflip yeah. or something. Yeah, I love those things. <laughs> Loved it. Awesome. So what was the year that you said? See, I said I said early nineties. I said ninety one, maybe. Awesome. Okay, so ninety one, you're saying, and that was the Tamagotchi, was it? Yeah. Awesome. Let's have a look. Tamagotchi, nineteen ninety six. You did say the nineties. Early. So I'll oh, give yeah, you two points early for that. 90s. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you two points for that. So you can see that you're now on five. I'm on three. Ooh. I'm just trying to think. What did I have in '91 that I mistook for a Tamagotchi? No, that's <laughs> Probably a thinking, condom. <laughs> yeah, I was honestly thinking early '90s too. Um, I, but that's it. I would have, for some reason, been thinking um '97 or even '93 for the Ibo. But I would have been completely wrong about that too. So, um, yeah. the more fun ensues. Awesome. Our next one. We only got five of these, so we'll find out. I think I, this is our last one. So, which came first, Ooh. the cat in the hat, or how the Grinch stole Christmas? Mm. Obviously, I, this I, is uh, an elaborate thing. You could say maybe that this is a um, horror film to you. <laughs> I'm sure that there's uh, definitely horrific elements. I remember from the cat in the hat. Yeah, it's it's almost thinking about Mike Myers and Jim Carrey and and you know the arc of their careers and you know who was who was doing what when because mm. um, you know they both came out of SNL and um, and then they hit these heights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I have a, I have a feeling it was the Grinch that was. Uh, the Grinch came first. Awesome, cool. Uh, this would be sorry. Yeah. Yes, this is the movie. The movie came. Yeah, up. yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I think I think Mike. I think Mike Myers had sort of gone through all the Shrek stuff, and you know Austin Powers, and this yeah. was. I don't know. I think this was one of the last things he did before he sort of fell off the radar. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. So, which so, ones are you going to say? Yeah. So, I'm going to say Grinch. Awesome. The Grinch style Christmas. And what year, roughly? I'll give it to you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Lockdown. The years, just the days, the hours just roll into each other. Yeah, that's right. Um, Let's just go. Let's see if you're right. How the Grinch style Christmas. Is it a Riddler? I'm going to go 99. 1999. Let's find out. Vaboomfa. Oh, one year off. I'll give you the point Ooh. for that. 
So another two points for you for getting the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the year 2000. The Cat in the Hat came out in 2004. Yay! Awesome stuff. Though well, that was the game of chicken or eggs. So hopefully you enjoyed that one. And we do have a whole bunch of more that can play after that one. So yay. And I have to make a stinger for that one because at the moment all we've got is this. Which is still fun. Um, a squeaker. A squeaker, exactly. Yeah, now it has the sound effect. We um, I had a lot of... Uh, Problems with trying to make sure it was going to work over the thing. But now that we're sharing audio, you can hear everything. It's picturesque. It's good. Beautiful. Okay, day. Let's uh, spin the wheel one more time. Do we? I've, I've lost count of what we're doing. We've got uh, one more game. Let's... Yeah, why don't we just... Not our quiz. Not our quiz. I've clicked the wrong button. I need to get another mouse. I really do. Um... Uh, let's go straight into our um, pop quiz with Hot Shots. So, let's get our question from Bell Delia and Valentino Del Toro. Hi! Hey! It's good to be here. We are here in uh, Hollywood Heights, Los Angeles, California. I'm Baldelia. I am an actress, filmmaker, producer, creator, and... I'm Valentino Del Toro. Uh, I'm also an actor. Hi! Hey. Hold on. Hi! Hey! Give me one second. I hate when this... For some reason, it just wants to replay it. I'm going to try and use it on the uh, video card. Let's try it again. Hi. Hey, it's good to be here. We are here in uh, Hollywood Heights, Los Angeles, California. I'm Baldelia. I am an actress, filmmaker, producer, creator, and... I'm Valentino Del Toro. Uh, I'm also an actor. Uh, you may know me from commercials here in Los Angeles. But no, we're excited to jump in and join this quiz, and we actually do have some questions for you. I play Natasha Warner in the film The Tunnel, as you know, and in that film at one point I ring a really large bell that's in the tunnel. Can you tell me why it was there? So, in the 2011 The Tunnel, Natasha Warner rings a large bell. Why was the bell there? So the bell is actually installed in the tunnels at um, the St. James disused train station. Uh, and yeah, it's installed under there. I want you to tell me why it was there. Does anyone know? Do you, uh, do we, are you aware of the disused tunnels underneath St. James station at all? I... Uh, no, like I know that, you know, that's one of the ones on the City Circle line, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the one. Um, uh, it's it's just, near Hyde Park. Yeah. It's uh, at the top of, uh, the closest to the harbour. And it's just below the St. James Church. Um, is, is, it, is it something railway related or is it something more like emergency related? That's where your your mind goes directly. Yeah, exactly. I instantly thought like that. We've already got uh, Phil Robinson saying air raid because at one point it was used as an air raid shelter, just like the um, uh, tunnels at underneath uh, Luna Park, not underneath in the wall of Luna Park. Um, but um, <laughs> but if, so, if people just hid in the face, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the air raid, and they just ah. <laughs> at Halloween when they have that thing, they just jump off and. Uh, yeah, um, no, it, it's cut into the sandstone and the walls, and they now keep the um, 
different uh, things in there. Um, but the yeah, it, it was used uh, as an air raid shelter for a while there. Um, luckily, they didn't end up having to. They, they they were evacuated into there, but they never ended up having to use it whilst a time of actual air raids happening. But they were then started to d- dismantle it. And part of the reason why they aren't open to the public is because a lot of the dismantling project was stopped just halfway through it. So there's all of these like uh, what are they called? like metal jutting out cables and stuff like that that supports concrete that's just been half destroyed. So it's it's very dangerous to go down there, and obviously so many other reasons. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, even though it was used for that, there were many different productions that have ha- have used it underneath there. So, no, this is a, um, I, I want to say a radio reference. Is it is it kaiju-related? Was it <laughs> when there was a kaiju attacking... <laughs> Attacking Sydney, that's when they just rang that. Well, like, yeah, that would fall under that sort of, like, yeah, uh, air raid sort of idea, I'm sure, yeah. There's a, a gigantic Mothra in the sky, so we need to get underground. That makes sense. Oh, no. Oh, I just... Uh, like, I, you, they would have passed there on the Mardi Gras, wouldn't they? <laughs> the, the Kaijus? Oh, that'd be a great float, wouldn't it? One of the things I want to build is, <laughs> like we mentioned before, the long-necked dinosaur. I want to make a full like proper size long neck dinosaur walking down the street of Sydney in like one of the festivals they do there when we can go out again. Um, <laughs> so yes. Um, beautiful. So uh, yeah, for those of you at home, we've got an air raid. It wasn't the air raid. No, uh, that's right. You, if you, you might only know this if you've seen, I don't know. I've only seen it on a couple of different documentaries around there and I haven't been able to find the recording of it so that I could say this is it, but let's find out. Let's find out what it is. That, uh, um, no answer is uh, no. An answer is better than no answer. So even if you want to have a guess, um, you're going to say it was uh, lunchtime, like K9, or and you're going to say an air raid, Chris, or could go completely. Uh, Kaiju is fun. Is it? Is it? You know, when we get a uh, we have a turnover of uh, politicians. Is it when a premier um, gets ousted, they have to go and ring the bell end or something? You know, that's <laughs> that sounds so odd, awesome, that- doesn't it? The, the biggest bell end in the state. That's great. And- <laughs> That's fantastic. It's sort of like that Simpsons reference with the boot. That, that, and that, yeah. you know, the way they say it. That, I, I feel like we should get a hashtag going so that that's for the new, when they're sworn in as, as premiere or something like that, they have to go yeah. down there. And, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. let's find out uh, back with our um, fantastic people over at Pop Quiz with Hot Shots, Bell and Val, and see what the answer is. <laughs> Was it to scare the rats? Mm-hmm. No. Was it to... Oh, the lunch bell. Mm-hmm. No. Lunch is ready. <laughs> and the answer is? The answer is that the ABC actually installed it to recreate the Big Ben gong sound, which if you say really fast three times is quite difficult. Big Ben gong sound, Big Ben gong sound, Big Ben gong sound. This was for an ABC radio show in the 60s, and I know it doesn't look like much, but it used to stand on the stand. And what they would do is they'd start the show and finish the show with digging this this chime. And the intention was to mimic the Big Ben in London. (laughs) You're kidding me. So they they actually use this as a sound effect. We've listened to some of those sound effects in, in the library, and they do sound like Big Ben, but obviously it's not on its stand. Not quite the same. Doesn't sound the same. (laughs) True fact. Nice. (laughs) Beautiful. Awesome. Uh, So, yeah, there you have it. It was used for an ABC.
nice. So yes, an ABC radio show used it to reproduce the Big Bang Gong sound. It is quite hard to say. Um, <laughs> so yes, um, Big Ben, of course, is the name of the bell inside the uh, Victoria Tower, or is it Elizabeth Tower? I think it might be Elizabeth Tower. Yeah, I think it's Elizabeth Tower. For those of you out there who actually knows, it's one of those technical questions where they most people say Big Ben is the name of the tower, when actually it's the name of the bell. Um, and what was uh, James A. Caster? Uh, he named the bell the the clock. So yeah, anyone who knows the name of the clock, you can tell me what that name is as well. Um, Beautiful. So, uh, unfortunately, no points there. So, I got the point for that one because uh, that's unfortunate. But, yeah, it's it's interesting. The more you know, isn't it? It's um, quite fun. And you can uh, contact Transport for New South Wales, I think, uh, when they run tours down there. I think at one point they had a lottery system so that you would put an application in. And then if you were lucky enough, then you would be uh, able to go down there as part of a group and do a whole tour down there. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but if you just want to see on the surface level, at Central Station and at um, St. James Station, if you go down into the main platforms where all the trains are at St. James, you'll be able to walk on the train track that has now been covered up. And that's the train line that goes through there. Um, and to get down to the tracks, you would have to go through one of those doors at either end of the platform. But you need permission, so make sure that you do that. And like, if you've been watching previously, um, when I was talking about the cataphiles in Paris, um, try to go through legitimate sources because we don't want you to get hurt down there and the authorities don't want you know problems to happen down there plus also the authorities have put up uh, motion sensor cameras and things like that there so we want you guys to be safe and criminally safe too um also i love these sort of sort of things the uncovered and the what lies down under has always been an interest to me so the more the public can get access these things and learn about them i think the more the merrier beautiful stuff well we're coming to the end now um i was just going to say We've done all of those. If you wanted to play one more spin of the wheel, Chris, so how are you feeling? You feel like you want to go into our quiz? You're itching to uh, play a tournament, or would you like to? Spin uh, yes, wheel? yes, I am. I'm itching. I'm awesome. Itching. itching to play this tournament. Then, without further ado, let's jump on in, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you playing at home, I'm just going to give you a quick little brief whilst I set the game up. Of course, like you know how I do. So to play along at home, all you need is a Gmail account. Uh, I'm not too sure if you actually legitimately do need a Gmail account because now that YouTube is all encompassing, as long as you've got um, uh, an email, it will work. But to play along at home, you have to subscribe and then enter in the correct answer uh, into the chat just next to us over there. Uh, you will have um, uh, the winner will be announced at the end of the quiz. It's all working out on LiveReacting.com, and so the points uh, will be allocated that way and announced this evening. If uh, you are our winner, then you will have five working days to send us an email in which we will give you a code word that you will then have to put into the comments section of the video underneath, uh, and then that. We'll confirm that you are not one of the body snatchers, that you are who you say you are, and we will then send you an email out again with the link to the discount code or the uh, gift certificates, whatever it might be. Uh, and then you must go down to St. James Station, ring that bell, and you will get the prize. 
guys. Exactly, exactly. Uh, having said that, um, if you are wanting to ring a bell, please do feel free to subscribe and ring that bell so that you can be notified at any time when the quiz arena is going live and any little things that we're going to be dropping out there. You might be seeing our games dropping out every Oh, so often. <laughs> irregular schedules be irregular, but I'm going to try and get those up a bit more regularly out there. Um, so, yes, uh, our pr prize sponsor this week is Escape Tabletop Games, which is going to be offering one base game of Psycho Killer card game for you guys to play at home with your friends. So, that's going to be fun for you guys. Uh, we've also got Mr. Hardy looming in the screen. Ah, oh, no! It's that guy again! Psycho! Psycho. Psycho. <laughs> exactly. Psycho killer card game from our friends at Escape I'm, I'm practicing for trick or treat. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's it. That's it. We're trying to think of some sort of event. We do have an escape room that we do want to play. So um, depending on how things go and whether or not it's going to be one that we can do in real life, in person, that would be great. Uh, or it's going to be one that we can do online with all you guys interacting. We would love to have your help as we play through. Uh, so we're, we might have a mishmash of our special guests who have been playing in the past. Not necessarily do they have to be winners, but something that some people that you want to see back. So let us know in the comments section below some of the guests that you really would like to see back on our show again so that we can then get a quiz arena master before this whole thing gets up and going me psycho 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 <laughs> hit this guy <gasps> that's all right i'm loving it <laughs> uh, so of course get amongst that we'll start the quiz now i think i've said everything but if not all our terms and conditions are underneath in the description so that'll be able to give you all of this information that you really could desire, I guess, um, whilst we bring back here. Um, is there anything else that you would like to shout out to and let people know? Um, anything, Chris, <laughs> before we start our quiz? Uh, um, no, any, um, well, maybe just anyone with kids. If, uh, if their school doesn't have uh, Healthy Harold come, then, uh, you know, ask them why not. And uh, we'll be here in a, we'll be there in a second. Perfect. Yes, absolutely. Get amongst that. Um, it's something that I definitely cherish from my childhood. Um, and yes, <laughs> it's always a lot of fun. So definitely hit up amongst that because you'll have an amazing performer with you, an amazing puppeteer. You've seen a little bit of Fraggle work with it. Already giving us a plug for our sponsors, so I'm sure they're going to be very happy with that. Thank you. Uh, good stuff. So getting prepared, we have about 60 seconds before we go into our quiz. Get ready. Get roaring. 10 questions of fun. And of course, like always, we start off with our uh, little intro, our little um, stinger, if you will, that always goes into it, just to welcome you guys to the Quiz Arena Tournament. Good luck, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Done. So we've got five seconds before we go into our first question. And away we go! 
Question 1. Which actor was considered for the title role of Dr. Giggles in the 1992 film? 1. Tom Selleck. 2. Ted Danson. 3. Steve Gutenberg. 4. Leonard Nimoy. Hmm. A nice question there. I don't know if you've seen Dr. Giggles, but this was one that I um, particularly loved as a kid. And um, having to do the, um, the the tests that I recently did, uh, that was something that I was fearful of, a certain scene that happens in Dr. Giggles. Uh, have you seen Dr. Giggles at all? I doesn't ring a bell. No, no uh, Dr. Uh, Giggles. Uh, um, <laughs> Dr. Giggles, yes, not Dr. Giggles. Um, cool. Well, any of those names ring a bell for you? <clears throat> Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg, awesome. What what's a yeah. film that you remember him from? Oh, Police Academy, classic. Yes, yes. love it. You know, I love. Police Academy. I think uh, that was one of that was one of my favourite movies when I was when I was little, and Same. I think yeah, he might have been up for some more roles a few years later. So I remember what was it? Police Academy and like. Ghostbusters were the two games that when I changed to a new school, that was like my way of making friends. It was an all-inclusive game. Awesome. Uh, we had Phil Robinson saying one, and Countess Bell saying four, Rhiannon and Elizabeth Irons saying two, and the answer was Ted Danson. Congratulations, wow. Rhiannon and Elizabeth Irons. That was, of course, according to an IMDb trivia, so... <laughs> um, there was another actor, but he had didn't have a name that anyone remembered. Question two. What is the protagonist's number in Squid Game? Squid Game. Skid... Yeah. Squid Game 2021. <laughs> 1, 802. 2, 483. 3, 456. 4, 452. Whoa, numbers. Mm. Have you been watching Squid Game? Yeah. I know the answer to this. Awesome. Cool. Um, I do that... know. I'm... So you have been watching Squid Game? Uh, bits, bits, bits yeah, yeah, yeah. In, I'm, in I'm, uh, I'm more, yeah, I'm more concerned with how it's translating to games in the playground at school. Apparently, they've been, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been mimicking different parts. <laughs> so yeah, I, I know the answer to this. Awesome. What would you say the answer is? The answer is three. Awesome. So you're saying his number is four, five, six. Uh, out there, Candace yes. Bell has said uh, that is the same. Uh, Phil Robinson agrees and concurs. Nice. Um, uh, Rand Elizabeth Ice has no idea, but she'll take a guess with three. And all of you are correct. Nicely done. Very, very well done there. Originally, I was going to say, what was the winning cookie? Um, but then I remembered that it wasn't like, you know, as in, yeah, you got to win the round. And so it was going to be the umbrella. It was going to be that. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, isn't it? Uh, I saw, uh, what was it, a review for that before I, saw, I watched it, <laughs> so I was sort of like, oh, I know what happens, but yeah. Next question. What was uh, the title of the book by Joan Lindsay that was adapted into the classic Australian film The Picnic at Hanging Rock from 1975? One, what we see and what we seem are but a dream. Two, the St. Valentine's... Uh, the Day of St. Valentine's, sorry. Three, St. Valentine's Picnic. Four, a dream within a dream. So, a classic Australian mm. question. Based, this is a book, so this is, uh, is about the book. What was the title of the original book? Because I, I personally love these. Uh, Somewhere in Time is a film that I love. It's a romantic film with uh, Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour. Uh, and that was originally released, Bid Time Return was the name of the book. And I love both of those names, but um, John uh, no, Richard Matheson sorry, re-released the book under the name of Somewhere in Time because he thought it had a better ring to it. I don't know. I kind of like it both. So, were you flying on any particular... I don't. I definitely don't know the answer. So I'm no. gonna. I was gonna say. Uh, 
Yeah. Are you familiar? Yeah, do you know what, what what time of year it takes place? The story. Uh, I don't know. Well, it takes place on St Valentine's Day, and incidentally uh... enough, they started filming on St Valentine's Day. So it was the day of St Valentine. Yes. Um, yeah, Saint, favorite, the, yeah. And Valentine's Day is actually kicked off from an, uh, a, a soldier in America who wrote a, a, a letter praising St Valentine to his beloved Sarah. Um, in which he said, like, will you be my Valentine? Um, and that was the first time it was sort of done. Uh, I don't know, that's not necessarily... I'm sure someone else can tell me they find another letter, but yeah, more facts. The 1963 film Horror borrows elements from the stories of Edgar Allan Poe, The Fall from the House of Usher, A Tale of the Ragged Mountains, and 1. A Man of the Crowd, 2. The Imp of the Perverse, 3. The Black Cat, or four, some words with a mummy. So this is an Edgar Allan Poe question. A bit more literal questions, I think we're getting this this week. Hmm. So, yes. So, um, Nevermore. Yeah, this film, 1963 Horror, is in um, public domain. It was an American film, but it's um, it, it's that way inclined so much so that it's... it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was done in 63, so it shouldn't be out of copyright yet, but it is because obviously they deem it not that important. But um, are you familiar with any of uh, Edgar Allan Poe's stories there? All of these are Edgar Allan Poe's stories. Yeah, I'm going to say number two, I think. Number two, The Imp of the Perverse. Yeah. Such a cool title. Yeah. I love yeah, The Black Cat as well. It's a huge story. I haven't seen a man, uh, the man of the crowd either, but it was Some Words with a Mummy. Some words with go. a mummy. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very cruel. Because that's, that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> that's why I didn't choose the answer to be House from the Fall of Usher. Um, beautiful. Awesome. Our next question. The character who designed and built the Hotel Cortez, James Patrick March, from the American Horror Story Season 5 in 2015, was loosely based on which real-life serial killer? 1. The Zodiac Killer 2. John Wayne Gacy 3. Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer 4. Henry Howard Holmes So for those of you who have played along before, you may have known that I might have dropped hints from that. Anyone who knows me definitely knows who this is. Um, or is, at least is more inclined, hopefully, to think of this. Um, this would be his alias as well. Oh, that doesn't help. Oh, that, that it, it might help too much. Um, so it's not his <laughs> original name. Any of these ring a bell for you? Are you up on your serial killer knowledge? Ooh, yeah, no, I was, I was leaning towards Dharma. Nice, Jeffrey Dharma. Mm. Cool. Obviously, John Wayne Gacy was the, um, the clown killer, had, um, boys under his floorboards. The Zodiac Killer mm. has recently come out with um, some more forensic investigations in which they have broken, they think they've broken the code uh, and they think they could potentially have some suspects. Oh, um, yes, thank you very much, Rhiannon of the Lions. Herman, uh, well, sorry, Herman Webster Mudgett, yes, um, which I feel like now we have to have a whole discussion about that because I love and <laughs> have followed that and built his house many, many times in The Sims. So the answer was Henry Howard Holmes. That was his alias. That wasn't his exclusive alias, but everyone knows H.H. Holmes as that sort of classification. I wish we didn't have a time limit. I can go more into it. But what did screenwriter David Seltzer, The Omen, 1976, originally plan to name his Antichrist Damien before his wife convinced him to reconsider? One... Dylan, two, Domlin, three, Daniel, four, Damon. Awesome. Mm. So, yeah, 
It ended up being Damien, but he wanted to make it this name, this other name. What was it? It was the name of mm. a bully he had in high school. Or, I don't know if it's mm. high school, in school. A schoolyard bully. School I reckon... Bully. I reckon, you know, if she considered him... Like, if he, she, she convinced him to reconsider, it might have, you know, picked that guy too easily. So I'm going to say something unique, like Domlin. Domlin. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to say Domlin. Cool. Now, I know it, it's like a strange name because, like, even though I don't know if there's any spelling of the name Damon that way, I feel like I have seen that. But, um, you were correct! Nice! Points! Nicely done. Yeah. It was Domlin. And his wife convinced him to not do it because uh, they thought it would be terrible for that boy who's now grown up <laughs> to be able to get that ridicule. And mm. you know, the Twitter rage world that we live in, I'm sure that, like, you know, in the 70s, that would have been just as bad. Up until the end yeah. of this year, how many paranormal activity films have there been? One, six, two, Ooh. seven, three, five, four, eight. So one more time. Up until the Ooh. end of this year, 2021, how many paranormal activity films will there have been? One, six, two, seven, three, five, four, eight. Uh, ooh, uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna say six. I think. Nice. So that would be uh, number two. Yeah. Awesome. Groovy. Uh, number one. Uh, number one. Oh, you're gonna say six. Okay. Number. Yeah, six, six, six. Yeah. Nice. No, not six, six, six. Not six, six, six. six. That's all right. <laughs> no, no. If you are worried about that, don't worry. Six, six, six isn't the number of the acolyte of the beast. Uh, six, one, six is the number of the acolyte on the beast, according to original re revelations in the Egyptian text. Plus, the number isn't of the beast; it's the acolyte of the beast, which is man. Um, so there, for you playing at home, if you're worried about that, because a lot of times people bring it up and they're like, "Oh no!" And it's just like, "Don't burn anything." Uh, beautiful stuff. The answer was seven, because there are currently Ooh. six out and released, but. In October 29th, is releasing the next Paranormal Activity film. So, yeah. Uh, sort of like another trick question, so I'm so sorry I'm being such an asshole. But... <laughs> beautiful stuff. Our next question is... Question number eight. What is the name of the new ghost, similar to Slimer, featured in Ghostbusters Afterlife 2021? One, Squanchy. Two, Muncher. Three, Blobby. Four, Belushimi. Uh, they're not going to go Muncha. Too much. Uh, no, they're not going to. Butt Munch. <laughs> no, they're not going to do it. We had some talk about uh, Ghostbusters after like Belushimi. So hopefully you might have a, a friend out there in chat, unless he wants to steal the points for himself and who might tell you the incorrect answer. But, um. Slimer. I'm so, going to go Blobby, I reckon. No, Mr. Blobby, they can't do that. Did, was it Blobby? It was an English... Um, Mr. Blobby, yeah. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, do you know the uh, Bulashimi reference? Uh, Jim Belushi. Yeah? And John Belushi? Yeah, I don't think they do that. Well, originally the character of Slimer was based I mean, Dan... on John Belushi. So that's why I put that oh, in there. And, and then I, was, I loved it that it came out like Sashimi. Um, and do you know yeah, Squanchy? No? Oh, they are going to go Muncher. <laughs> yeah, they went Muncher. Oh, that... Everyone was right. You got that right. Yeah. 
Nicely I done. I don't think they do that. Um, Too for those of you Beavis and Butthead there. <laughs> yeah. Squanchy was, uh, or is, the character from Rick and Morty, um, where Squanch is like a, I don't, it's a verb, it's a noun, it's everything, but you just insert it and it makes sense. Anyway, penultimate question. What is the demise of the large man in the Hungarian horror film Taxidermia in 2006? One, by train. Two, defenestration. Three, decapitation. Four, cats. So, Taxidermia. A film, uh... I don't know, it's... I guess it's... I don't know. I don't want to say gore because I didn't get a gore effect from it. I didn't get a hostel... Uh, sort of thing from it. It's an interesting film. Um, but the reason why I bring up the whole gore thing is because it's a bit in your face and subject matter. But it's it's really interesting. Um, uh, if it's taxidermy, I'm going to go... I'm going to go an animal one. I'm going to go cats. Nice. Awesome. Um, mm. Defenestration. Do you know what that is? Um, no. I think... Um, oh, no. It didn't actually happen, but Rasputin was defenestrated. Um, the... the um, the nanny in the omen. She kind of defenestrated herself. She didn't. She hanged herself as well, but she defenestrated. She jumped out of a window or was thrown out of a window. Decapitation, of course, mm. is uh, another reference to the film. The answer, of course, was cats. Nicely done, Mr. Hardy. There we go. You know, like the last image of that is is well, it, it's. I don't want to say great, but it's very interesting. <laughs> it's a good film. I liked it. Uh, our last question. What is often touted as the quintessential Sam Raimi Easter egg? 1. 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 2. 1973 Dodge Charger 3. 1973 Datsun 24OZ uh, 4. 1973 Chevrolet Monte Carlo So another car question. Mm. We had this uh, when we had um, Rachel Wiggins on because we asked the question about what was Mick Taylor's car. And luckily enough, it was a, um, a Ford, his one. It was an Australian car, so I was happy about that. Uh, but this one, I don't know. It, it's in a lot of his films. It's in Spider-Man. It's in Evil Dead. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in uh, Drag Me to Hell. Um, it's in a lot of films. Mm. Um, oh, no, I'm not a big car dude, but I'm going to say number I. two. You're going to say two? The Dodge Charger? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Then... I'll get the point. <laughs> Beautifully done. Uh, I wouldn't have known this again. The reason why I put all the 1973 models in there was because I thought someone might have known. I know it's a 1973 car or something like that. So it was the 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88. And Phil and Rhiannon both got that answer correct. Very, very well done. I liked to end it up because that's going to be a, a, a quiz question that the diehard fans will know. Uh, and uh, Canine's mother had a... 73 Monte Carlo. Oh, sweet! Oh, you get points for that then. Yeah, you get points for the that. biscuit or the car? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, our winners were first place, Rhiannon Elizabeth Irons with six correct answers. In second place, Countess Bell with four correct answers. In third place, Phil Robinson with four correct answers. And in fourth place, we have K9 with two correct answers. Congratulations, guys. Brilliant work. So, yes, Rhiannon Elizabeth Irons, just send me an email at uh, rushcutterentertainment at gmail.com and I'll give you a little uh, word, keyword, to put underneath the video. Something like you would have seen in the previous um, 
episodes. I think we had Hanson as one of them. We had Gothic as another one. And then just enter that in as a comment, just so that we can verify who you are. And then we will get that straight out to you. So yes, congratulations. And of course, you will be receiving, you'll be the lucky recipient of, when I bring up the right screen, oh, our prize straight from I'm going to turn this one off. There we go. Our friends over at uh, Escape Tabletop Gamings. And you're going to be getting one copy of the Psycho Killer card game to play with your friends at those old social events we used to call parties. So congratulations so much. And thank you so much for everybody else playing along at home. Uh, we really, really do appreciate everybody in there. And the banter back and forth was a lot of fun. Um, Thank you. Always so, so good to see the love out there. And congratulations and, and confetti for all. Wait, let me get the confetti. Confetti! <laughs> Yay! Awesome. Um, beautiful. Uh, so, yes, uh, I've said all that I need to say. Um, I think in terms of that, we've also got our own points as well. So if we do look at the Quiz Arena board, it looks like I have got seven points. What Chris Hardy has got nine points. So you stole it right back there. Congratulations, mate. You got that clean and square. So very, very well done. Um, let me just see if I can tee this up. This. Yes, beautiful. Um, good. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm going to try and see if I can get some more smoke going on in the background. So yes, you're going to be our recipient for our Psycho Killer card game. Uh, Chris is very envious of you. He, he wanted to be playing that game. He just wants little little sensors. Exactly. He's getting annoyed. He's getting annoyed. Um, well, that's good. Well, we hope to see you again next week. We hope to see everyone out there playing. Bring your superpowers along. I myself have got a particular superpower, which um, I ended up borrowing from, uh, what was it, uh, John Oliver over the week. I've just got to make sure I don't do something stupid like this. Oh, sorry, What's George. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just was going to do something like this. I didn't mean to click at all. How it's, hard is it not to snap your fingers? Uh, it's incredibly hard, but can... Uh, I was wondering something. You know, I got the power to just clap my hands and summon Kermit the Frog anytime I want. Do you think I use it? Well, no, no, I do but... not, because I respect Kermit. Yeah, we all respect Kermit, but could you do it now? Mm. Please? This better be good, George. It's not. Well, uh... I didn't mean to do that, so I'm very sorry, and hopefully John Oliver won't be getting any um, letters for that. And I'm very sorry to uh, disturb uh, George Clooney there and Kermit, but uh, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you so much, Chris, for playing tonight and, and for your little Fraggle friend joining us there. You've yeah, I can do the same thing with Fraggles. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, well, well, I'd love to get you back to do a, a pop quiz with Hot Shots, in which case, yeah, we'd love to get some of your puppetry skills asking our um, a quiz people out there some questions if you're so inclined for that. Uh, it was good fun. Thanks for having me, Rich. Anytime, mate. Anytime. And congratulations for winning. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Well, yes, thank you so much to Escape Tabletop Games. Thank you so much for everybody at home for playing along, for your amazing feedback. Please let us know the games that you want to see get played and I can make sure that we focus on those a little bit more. Uh, we're getting ready for Halloween, so let us know what you're doing. Share us some pics uh, and let us know... Uh, some of the things that you're doing in preparation for Halloween or just spooky in general. And if you have one of one of our prizes, we would love to see the, you with your prize uh, sharing the love so that we can share it with our people out there knowing that they got that. So um, though we didn't get to see them today, 
uh, I usually do this time just so that I can make sure that I make a little teaser for our next episode. So, if you tune in every Thursday, it doesn't have to be every Thursday, but we do do it every Thursday. <laughs> do do. But if you want to join us at the Quiz Arena for some movie trivia every Thursday at 7:30 p.m. here on YouTube, you can join myself as Quizmaster as well as fantastic guests like Puppeteer Chris Hardy. Say hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. <laughs> Here at the Quiz Arena, where you can engage with us in four rounds of frivolity, and you get the chance to win fantastic prizes. So many fantastic prizes in our Quiz Arena tournament, which you can play along with at home. And if you are going to be so inclined to play games with us like that, you might be lucky enough to play games like Monster Mashups with interesting stingers. Dance! <laughs> Beautiful. So we will obviously have that there. All our guests do know what that is. But Chris, do you know what movie post that is? Uh, yeah, I do. What is it? That's Jaws. Awesome. I'll give you a, another point just for that. And Mickey Mouse and Goofy, of course, in the interpretation of that one. So that's uh, a lot of fun. Oh, no. George, go away. <laughs> I don't need you, George. How Why are you still here? Oh, didn't even have to click that time. Uh, beautiful. So that's one of our games that you'll be able to see get played. Of course, we have Chicken and Egg. We have Britney the Toxic Avenger. We have Venkman Burning Hell and all of our fantastic games to play along there. So join us then. And please join me in thanking all of you fantastic players at home, our Quiz Arena winner tonight, Rihanna Elizabeth Irons, and Chris Hardy. Thank you so much, mate. So good to see you again, and it's been a lot of fun. Go ahead, Rich. Good night. Awesome. Thank you so much. Just stick around after our outro, and I'll do another personal thank you. But from all of us here at the Quiz Arena, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next Thursday night. Same bat time, same bat channel, here on the Quiz Arena. Till then, ciao.